0: Hey, everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy
1: by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100.
2: Hayes, Lauren, and R.J., The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
3: Hey, welcome in, glad you're along for the ride on this Wednesday installment of our program. Hayes, Carlisle, and Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders, and I'm Frank Frangie. As the uh, cool days continue, and the carousel continues. Pete Woo. Carol. Wow. That's a big one. That's I mean, an end of an era. Yeah, it, it really is the end of an era, and it's a... Uh, not just an era in in Seattle, but a, a coaching era in football. Yeah, in football, it really is. I thought the same thing. It's a uh, that one surprised me. I was telling Joe, and Joe made a good point during the handoff. It shocked me. Then it didn't. If you think about it, he's done it a long time. But I always figured Pete Carroll would kind of go out on his own terms, and I don't sense that's what happened.
0: Yeah, although he is being offered a, a job in in you know somewhere in advised, the organization, probably as an advisor. Yeah, so you know we'll see if you know what what he does with that opportunity but to me what's interesting about Pete Carroll is I don't know that I've ever seen a coach have a better second half of his career because when I was a kid kind of growing up Pete Carroll was sort of a joke I mean he'd been the Jets coach and flopped and was the Patriots coach before they got Belichick and flopped and I you know so he he wasn't considered this like superstar coach but then USC hires him and even like that was met with really like Pete Carroll is, yeah. is who they're hiring. And he became this recruiting dynamo and obviously built a dynasty at USC and then went to Seattle and, and it was met with ah That's not going to work. He's just going there to, you know, the Trojans are getting ready to be put on probation. And so he just needs an escape hatch and, you know, he'll never do anything in Seattle. And they were the model of consistency and won the whole thing. So. Uh, with what he did at USC and what he did with the Seahawks, I mean Pete Carroll is a absolute, you know, Hall of Fame coach. If if football was combined like basketball is in terms of the Hall of Fames, he'd absolutely get in. He's probably not going to get in either, which is a shame. Uh, although I could be wrong on that, but he's certainly not getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
4: He came so close to if, getting if, that second correct. ring, which, yeah. it would Dar- been, which would have which would have put him if, on
0: the
3: yeah, ballot. If Daryl if Daryl Bevel hands off to Marshawn Lynch, he probably's in the yeah. Hall. Of Fame.
0: And Pete Carroll yeah. might make the Hall of Fame at some point, but I don't know that it's going to be in the next decade. Yeah, a lot you of know, coaches so you with worry two about
3: what? There's a lot of coaches with two it's, titles. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of those two, two title coaches. It's backlogged, and he's only got one. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of those so
4: close. I mean, yeah. Uh, he's been coaching in some form or fashion since 1973. So, yes, it shocked me when I saw it, but then when you take a step back, at some point in time, you probably at age – 72, want to do a little bit more of your life and a little bit less football. And he, that's where I'm guessing he's gotten to because if he wasn't going to be an advisor, I'd think, well, who's he coaching next? But the fact that he's going to remain there as an advisor, I just think he's probably tired of coaching.
3: He strikes me as the ultimate college coach that somehow landed in the NFL more than college. He'll be coaching the Gators in <laughs> eight months. <laughs> he's, but doesn't he strike you as a college guy? He does. He's, yeah. a college, he's, he's Well, I mean, he's great at both, but yeah,
0: I mean, right. in, in his, you know, right. look, his tree and the you know, defensive principles that uh, he kind of sharpened from Monty Kiffin. I mean, he's, he's got quite a lineage uh, still in the NFL to this day. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, he, and he's got so much energy. So I don't know whether Seattle's just making it seem like it's nicer by saying he's got this opportunity in the front office if, if he's actually going to take it or if he is interested in continuing to coach. But I'd hire him. You know, if I was looking for a head coach, him being 72 wouldn't stop me at all.
4: I just don't see how they could want him to leave as a head coach. That's why I feel like it has to be somewhat of his decision, because I don't think it's smart to let go of Pete Carroll and try to get someone else. I mean, we've talked about all the names that are out there. I still think Pete Carroll is probably better than most.
3: I think what happens, too, sometimes it's not that the guy's the wrong coach. But that is somebody believes it's time for the next coach. So That's what just, it sounds
4: like in New England yeah, for sure. Yeah, this for to me change. is a little bit more out of yeah, the blue.
3: It, could, it is, it, but I think sometimes it's just time for the change. Imagine yeah. if it's
0: Belichick, Carroll, Vrabel, right, all out, right, plus Jim Harbaugh. I
3: mean, it's no. the greatest NFL coaching carousel of all time. I mean, think about that. You're, you're exactly right about that. I mean that is, that is a group of really good coaches. I've been thinking more and more about the Vrabel thing. What were they thinking? And, and I don't know if bad you saw organization it. and the and the and the team. I don't know if you saw it or not, but the team did this thing where they had Mike Keith, who's my buddy, ask uh, Amy Adams strong uh, strong question. Did you see it? I didn't watch did you, it. Did you watch it?
4: I didn't watch it, but I saw
3: that there. Yeah, was a I watched it because I was curious what she said. I mean, it was, it was. And you're right. If you're uh, the media hated it because instead of talking to the media, she just <laughs> she just talked to Mike. Right. But I, so Ask I, me
0: these questions.
3: Yeah, well, right, and I feel because Mike's a really good guy, right. you could tell, and he tried to ask the questions people wanted to know, but in a friendly setting, you know, did was there a rift? Was there? But I, but I, the more i thought about that, and the in and one question he asked was there talk of trading him? Did, 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 are you aware of all the yeah, answers? Yeah, and, and she
0: said it? we didn't want to take the weeks that we correct, which is, yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take weeks to. Consummate a trade. But
3: but but what I really – and Rand Carthon insists he had nothing to do with it. It was between Strunk and Vrabel. But I've thought about – you know how I feel about firing coaches too fast? Quit firing coaches? Why would you fire Mike Vrabel? I mean, if you've got – he's proven he can – he's been there the six years, three playoff appearances, one AFC championship game appearance. Of The times they haven't – there's certainly rational reasons for the times they didn't succeed. They've never gotten him a quarterback. I mean, if you look at how he succeeded without them ever finding him, ever finding him a quarterback, how in the world do you fire Mike Vrabel? And I guess that was probably, I probably should have said that more yesterday, but we had all this Jaguar stuff going on yesterday, and the Vrabel thing kind of hit late. But I, but I thought about it overnight. What in the world, right? Gigantic mistake, uh,
0: one in which it might take a long time to recover from. I mean, you know, it, it – it, Appears that it's going to be, I would imagine, a first-time head coach. And look, that worked wonderfully in Houston and Indianapolis this year. But, you know, the probability is low. So, I mean, you know, I I would be gravely concerned if I was a Titans fan uh, to lose a, a person like Mike Vrabel who should have been your coach for the next 15 years. I mean, Vrabel should have had a run in Tennessee like Tomlins had in Pittsburgh and John Harbaugh's had in Baltimore. Like you should have looked up ten years from now, and Mike Vrabel is still the coach in Tennessee. And it's like, boy, he's just been an institution there, and what a job he's done. And uh, it's just, it's a massive blunder, I think, by the Titans. Now we'll see. Uh, I could be eating these words in two years, and maybe they hire Bobby Slowick, and and he becomes the next Bill Walsh. But
3: that's who I wrote down. Yeah.
0: But for today, I think it is a massive error.
3: I'm doing matchmaking. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm
0: you there. have me with Margot Robbie?
3: How do you know that? Good. You can't keep. You can't keep looking at my stuff. Uh, sorry. Okay. I mean, but, but again, like Slowick to the Titans and yeah. you and Margot, yeah. I did the obvious ones. Okay. Good. The good. obvious yeah, ones yeah, yeah. were easy. Yeah. I got to the obvious ones well, first. Well, and,
0: and she'll be so relieved. <laughs>
3: no good and yeah. happy. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So happy. So there's that.
4: I've had people ask me, can can the guys ever refer to women that I don't know are acting nowadays?
3: Yeah. <laughs> she acts now. <laughs> well. Well, well, Margot, she, yeah. she does. Yeah. She's like she's the hottest the actress, actress yeah. in the world yeah. Yeah, right yeah, now. And, and it's not I, like it's not. But, a, but I will <laughs> throw Michelle Pfeiffer on saying, you. It's not like we said <laughs> Susan Sarandon, you know. <laughs> so there is that. So, <laughs> and by the way, Michelle Pfeiffer oh. moment. Very nice moment. You know what? Yeah. Right. I, if she's gotten old, I haven't noticed exactly. So, so there's that. So there's that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the state of the Jags. I asked this during the handoff too. Where are the Jags right now? If you get away from the emotion of it. And the disappointment of, of how badly you felt how bad you felt about the loss and the missed of the playoffs. Where are they? Are they middle of the pack team? Are they better than that? Or what's their possibilities? And I want to get to that today.
0: I think they're a below average team with real, real problems, uh, now and and a schedule next year that's seven home games, nine road games, and a London game. Uh, so I think uh, I think more disappointment is on the way.
4: I think they're a team that is very close to being a, a good team. Last year they were lucky, so therefore th- we viewed them as good. This year they were much more unlucky, but also they had some issues, and so that put them below average. But they're, I think they're close with a few moves to becoming a good team. The question, obviously, then is do you trust the person making those moves? Yeah.
3: So, so we'll so we'll, so we'll talk about what the Jags are. I got, I got a thought about that that may, may move it one way or the other, so we'll certainly talk. We'll go, so we're going to do matchmaking. We're going to match coaches to jobs. I don't think any other jobs are coming open. The Patriots is the one we don't know about. but with a posi- And that's one I almost count as open. You know what You're I mean? convinced. It seems like yeah, it. I yeah, mean, it, I mean, it seems- why hasn't it happened yet? I mean, if you ask me to bet, is Bill Belichick going to be the coach of the Patriots in 24 or not, I would bet not. Right. But I wouldn't bet very much. Because I, I, I can't get a good feel for where I think that one is. I don't think he
4: will be either. I'm just surprised it's taking this. Yeah, long. me too.
0: Like, yeah, he's yeah. won you know, six but, rings there. I just yeah. think with him it's more you wanna distance it from black. First yeah. off, they know it's variable. Yeah. So that helps. It's not like they know if they fire him it's it, gonna it, be variable.
3: Yeah, and, and, and that and that part I would agree with. Right. But I but I will but I will tell you this part to that. i I I I don't think he's coaching anywhere else. The more I think about it, I don't think he's coaching anywhere. I just don't sense that you Bill, don't think he's chasing Shula's record. I don't. I think Bill. I think Bill Belichick is going to be the coach of the Patriots, or he's going to be sitting on a beach. I do not. I don't think he's going to be an advisor. I don't think he's going to be a consultant. I think he's going to be the head coach of the New England Patriots, or he's going to be out of football.
4: I did see stories that people think Belichick is more old school and has a hard time connecting to players now, and so if you're an owner, if he's Parting ways with the Patriots is that the person you want to bring yeah. an aging yeah. Bill Belichick into your organization who might not have that relationship like he once yeah. did.
3: And I hope he doesn't coach. Any- I don't want him to coach anywhere else. I want Bill Belichick to be remembered as the great New England Patriots coach. I I I, I never want. I don't want. I, I'm glad Chuck Noll didn't go anywhere else. I thought Lombardi going to the going to Washington made no sense. You guys aren't old enough to remember that. But mm-hmm. but the great Vince Lombardi finished up with Washington. It was just. Didn't feel right, you know. So, so.
4: So maybe Belichick should have retired when Brady left.
3: Yeah. Well, I can. You know what? There's, it's not disastrous that he had these great runs with Brady. It, we all know by now it's hard without a quarterback. So I can live, but I, I would hate to see him go somewhere else. We'll talk about that. Uh, f- college basketball: Gators at Ole Miss tonight. I Must be, win. you? I mean, I know we talked about this all before the seat before the conference season, but if you look at the schedule, Ole Miss is undefeated. They just oh they did lose yeah. they did lose game they are they were they lost and their one. first game now they're it's
0: game. a patty cake schedule yeah yeah like if yeah. you look at their net they're about twenty spots yeah. below the Gators because they've played right. so few who g- beat them uh, they lost over the weekend. I can't remember they were thirteen and zero they were thirteen and zero lost their SEC opener like Florida did. well
4: Tennessee ninety yeah. to sixty
3: four okay yeah. well, so they got blown out
0: right so but Florida's but they, a two and a half point favorite tonight they they've got to win yeah, tonight
3: because then they're at Tennessee. Right then, and then I think it's Arkansas at home. Then I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough it road, is. man. The first five are really, really I mean, it's difficult. it's really tough. So, we'll and on. at some
0: point, you just you got to start winning these games. That's I right. I mean, That's they exactly they beat right. Michigan, but they've right. been pretty lousy in uh, close games down the stretch. So, got to get got to get this one tonight.
3: So we'll talk about that. So we got all kinds of things to get to today. We'll talk about some of the NFL games. Dolphins Chiefs has me intrigued. We'll talk more about the Jaguars coaching situation, what we think might happen there. All that and more as we continue on. So we got a lot of stuff to do. When we come back, I'm going to start with the carousel. Who might go where? That's how we kick off the program. It's 1010XL and 92.5FM.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville.
3: Too. I might just go around talking like Michael McDonald one day. That'd be good. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Clearly, you have it down. Yeah, I've been talk- talking like Michael McDonald yeah. the whole day, just talking like Michael McDonald. Yeah. So, what do you think? How you doing, hey? How you doing? I
4: don't love that. I'm not a big yeah. Michael McDonald fan. I'm not <laughs> either.
3: I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. Is that how he? I've never actually heard him talk. Well, listen, you are here. No, he probably talks normal. I'm just trying to sound yeah. like him. It would be hilarious, though, if like. <laughs> just, just talk like Michael McDonald's saying. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember I may the do movie? The whole uh, show, I may do the whole show like that. Please don't.
0: Do you remember the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin with yeah. Steve Carell yes. when they work at, like, the Circuit City and yes. they play the Michael McDonald yes. and it yes. drives <laughs> Paul Rudd crazy? Yes, yes I do.
3: Oh. I'm with Paul
4: Rudd.
0: Yes, I am, too.
4: I'm, I, yeah. like, I love the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers without Michael McDonald. Same,
3: same. I, I am way more Tom Johnston, Patrick Simmons Doobies than I am Michael McDonald Doobies. I, I totally agree with that. I've always said that. I, 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 don't, I don't hate the Michael McDonald Doobies, but I like them way better without them. You yeah. saw them with both, and you, they crushed
0: it, you said. Yeah. They were, but I mean, I, I'm not as diehard a fan as, as you guys were, and, yeah. and I was a good nine drinks in, but they were fantastic <laughs> as far as I was concerned. And, but, but they did both. Yeah. They
3: had the they Michael McDonald stuff, and they did yeah. uh, all. No, the, it was all, awesome. the, all the Tom Johnson show. Stuff, stuff. By stuff. the
4: way, what commercial now features twenty-five or six to four? Have you I seen heard, it? Uh, yes. Okay. And
3: I'm trying to remember, but I've seen it too. I've heard it. Heard it when I was working out. Heard it walk. I don't remember, but it was all. I I know what you're talking about. All of a sudden, they remember. started
4: playing it the last like two weeks, and I was like, "Wait, what in the world?"
3: Yeah. I I don't know. Okay. But I heard it, and I but I've kind of been walking through. I it makes me mad that I don't remember it. <laughs> but, but you're right, 25 to 64 is now on one of the yeah, commercials. Yeah, a Chicago song for people yeah, who don't yeah. know. It's kind of their anthem.
4: It's a, yeah, it's a very, I would say, bold song. So, like, you can't, you can't. it's not just a song that's on with a commercial.
3: Yeah, by the way, the great story on that song is everybody thought they were on drugs when they wrote it. It was the LSD era. And Bobby Lamb finally came out, like, 30 years later and said, no, it had nothing to do with drugs. We were trying to write a song. We couldn't finish it. When we looked up. It was 3.30 in the morning. And that's where the name came from. And, I mean, that, that, that how really, are you still awake at three yeah, thirty in we, the he morning? Said, we just finish, he said we couldn't. <laughs> we just couldn't finish off the song, and he said we looked up. It's two thirty. It's three thirty. It's twenty five to four. It's and, and that's how the song stills so up See you now. You know that I, you've probably spent your whole life wondering. I have. I just gave I've you been answers. Lost in the wilderness. <laughs> so <laughs> and and now uh, I have found the light. But now Lauren's gonna be trying to figure out what the commercial is because you're right. There's one uh, out there. That, just
4: watch football all weekend and cause we'll, cause we'll figure
3: it out. Yeah, because when a commercial comes on, by the way. I know they play commercials a lot, but if the flight attendant—oh my gosh—comes over to Lily and the other Ugh, girl one more it's time, so bad. well, it's just—I it, don't know if it's bad. It's, it's just awful. a normal. But it's been on seven trillion. To, yeah, it, I think it, it might be the only commercial on TV. I think. Yes. I mean, how many times do you see the flight attendant go to Lily and the other girl and cash your card? I mean,
4: well, and I told this story last night on and Heels. I have such bad flight anxiety that yeah. when that commercial comes yeah. on, I get anxiety because oh, it's featured on a plane, and I start to already be like, oh, gosh, I don't want to get on a plane, and the, so I have
3: to change I it. didn't hear you all talk about it, but, I, but it's the only commercial It's on constantly on TV. Old. I have seen that
0: commercial so many times. First off, though, the woman that plays the flight attendant is yeah. a great actress. She's I, fantastic. Because I despise I thought her, I thought which she is exactly that. how she's supposed she to be. When she takes her little finger, at yeah. the... If yeah, it, yeah. so I despise it, it, her. With the headphones? So she, yeah, so I that's the Meryl Streep of commercial acting right there. And then... I've seen that commercial so much that I've even noticed that the guy sitting next to Lily in the window seat, actually they have him look over at the phone at the very end of it. And I'm like, that's kind of clever. So, I mean, I've literally broken this commercial down <laughs> right. to where I've watched what right. the extras are doing in it because I've seen it so much. And,
3: and by the way, the, the, the flight attendant's fantastic because yeah. she's the best actress because you want to punch her. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst. She, but, but when she does. She's the, she must be William Zapka's <laughs> sister. <laughs> but, but she, but but she does such a great job. Seriously, she does such. A good, when she takes the two fingers and goes with the purchase of a headphone, that was right. I think it's hilarious. Oh yeah, I think she's great. I kind of yeah. like her. You gotta, I can't stand I her. Like I her. That I makes hate the her a great I for uh, for
5: so,
0: Multiple reasons. I kind of like yeah. her. Um, and why is the comedian in the v- commercial? Well, but he's just eating a sandwich. Well, they use
3: him to, one time. He gets to talk. He, in, in one version of it, he talks,
0: but in that one he doesn't. No, so I mean, and I'm Isn't sure the, the he Keenan makes a ton. What's his yeah,
3: dude, did the, 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 the uh, Hall mm-hmm. of Fame?
0: That's right. Yeah, yep. And so I'm sure he makes a ton of money. So just turn around with the phone. I'd have to sandwich. be like, well, why are we like only using him to like look and he's eating a sandwich? Yeah. Like, yeah. shouldn't he be doing yeah. something more? I mean, I can have anybody it's, just turn back but, eating a sandwich.
3: Someone, but I could say, if it's somebody at AT and T the marketing department said look here they've got here. money to burn we're scrapping the rest of them yeah. this one's so good right. we're running it from now until the end of eternity because yeah. we and we're going to run it every we're going to buy every show every game every news we're going that's the one we're running right
4: i recommend to companies to spend money with 1010 and not on television <laughs> because we are a much better organization
3: yeah, i guess i guess <laughs> the flight attendant stop airing that with the purchase of headphones i love it <laughs> <laughs> With the You've got three. it down. Oh, with the purchases of yeah. side. Look, I got Michael McDonald. I, got <laughs> yeah, all I, mean, I didn't realize I was working pretty, s- with such a versatile this, performer. This, this, is quite, <laughs> this is quite the segment is what this it's is. It's like being on vaudeville here. <laughs> <laughs> there are seven jobs open. Chargers, Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, Titans, Falcons, Seahawks. Now, a bunch of people have already done their guessing, so my guess is going to be like a lot of them, but, but I'll tell you. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Mike Vrabel to the Raiders. Um... I've got Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator in the Ravens, to the Panthers. Ben Johnson to the Commanders, because they've got a good young team. Everybody's got Bobby Slowick to the Titans, because he's in the division. Uh, I got Dan Quinn to the Seahawks, because he's been there. I think he's going to get another chance. And I got Bienemy to the Falcons. The question is, they just brought in an offensive guy who'd never done it before. Most of these are going the other way. But that got B enemy to the Falcons. So Harbaugh to the Chargers, Vrabel to the Raiders, McDonald to the Panthers, Ben Johnson to the Commanders, Slowick to the Titans, be enemy to the Falcons, Dan Quinn to the Seahawks. Agree or disagree? I uh, I agree
0: on some of it and I disagree on some of it. Right. I I think Vrabel ends up in New England. And if that, and by the
3: way, if the, the minute the New England job comes open, I make that change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause, uh, then he immediately goes right. right. And I get it. You're
0: yeah. it's not open yet, so jobs, I mean, with jobs that are open now, right? Um, but uh but I agree with uh, Slowick. I agree with Quinn Harbaugh. I agree with Harbaugh to the Chargers. I. Yeah, on the Panthers job, I, that makes sense in terms of McDonald because it's going to be basically the guy that just desperately wants to be one of the 32.
3: And he'll get the seventh job. Yeah, that's the seventh job. Yeah,
0: that's, that's by far the worst one. I, I tell you, something that is out there that I'm kind of believing in now that it looks like Harbaugh is going to get the Chargers job, if Belichick wants to keep coaching, I don't think it's Washington. Look out for Atlanta. Okay, why interesting? Because they've the got weapons. Odds. What's that?
4: He, Belichick has the best odds to go to the Falcons. Oh, does he really? He does. Yeah. Okay,
0: wow. Well, that, yeah. Uh, then, then that makes even more sense. Yep. Um, they've got weapons, which is what a lot of you know. A lot of times, you, you go to a place. Look at Brady. He left New England, had no weapons. Where did he go? He went to Tampa Bay because they had Mike Evans and Godwin. Uh, I wouldn't be at the least bit surprised if that's Belichick's move. And, and Arthur Blank's a good owner in that he's done it for a long time. He's gone big game hunting really throughout his career as an NFL owner. He, he was an inch away from having parcels like 25 years ago uh, when he was a new owner in Atlanta. So I, I think you've got an owner that'll spend but isn't meddlesome. Uh, and again, I think Belichick's going to look at it and say, I can fix the defense. But you give me a starting point of Bijan, Pitts, Drake London, and I just have to go find the quarterback, which, I mean, again, whether that's, you know, a veteran like a Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's Gardner Minshew. I mean, I think Gardner Minshew with those weapons, you probably win in that division, probably win 10 games. Or does he just go and and draft a guy and, and, and hope? But Atlanta has so much talent on offense. It's a 180 from what Bill built in New England, and so I think that could be attractive to him because, again, the defense would be the primary focus, and as we all know, Belichick, for whatever you think of him, he's the probably the greatest defensive coach in the NFL, uh, and, and in the NFL in, in terms of history, he's on the he would be on Mount Rushmore of it.
4: I was surprised Arthur Smith was fired just based off of, yes, they have the weapons, but they don't have a quarterback. How can you hold a head coach to the standard of what they've had to work with? and So I thought he would get another year as long as the Falcons were able to get a better quarterback in there.
3: Yeah, I think it was more than that. I think he's got probably pissy side a little bit. I I, I got the impression there was some disconnect, whether it's with his players, management. I I got the – I got the impression even early on that they might not have gotten that one. They they might not they might believe they hadn't gotten that one right, and and that's what happens sometimes. Again, you don't get fired because of what happened. You get fired because somebody decides you're not the right guy, and maybe what happened makes them think that that might be the evidence. So Arthur um,
4: Blank didn't want another Arthur around anymore. <laughs> well, the was- the other
0: thing that was strange about that is you take B. John Robinson so high up in the draft, but then. Uh Algier and Patterson get 236 combined carries. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? And there were games where like he didn't even use them. You know, there was the odd game mm-hmm. where he was active but never played, and you know, the NFL investigated it. And so it's it just it just seems like he was sort of odd. Like he just he just was kind of there was a little Dan Mullen in there of nope, this is the way I want to do it and I don't care. Cri- the more you criticize me, the
3: more I'm going to double down on how I'm handling. It. That was a Dan Mullen for sure. Um, so of these selections, Harbaugh to the Chargers seems to be an automatic. Almost everybody expects that to happen. Those are the best odds. The uh, we got odds. This is great. This is great. Um, I think Vrabel to the Raiders. If there's if the Patriots aren't open, is the one that makes sense to me. Is there are, are there odds on that? I'll go with Pierce. That they the, just stay they in house. I mean, I, and I thought about that. I thought maybe they keep the it. The odds I came out
4: 24 hours ago, and so I don't have. One's but, favorite, yeah, Pierce, yeah. Could, Pierce
3: could be the one. Um, Slowick to the Titans. By oh, the way, th- the
4: Titans are interviewing Antonio Pierce. Right.
3: Slowick to the Titans, I think a lot of people are expecting. Quinn, if
0: I was Tennessee, that would be the yeah. move. Quinn to
3: the Seahawks, I think a lot of people will expect. The and,
4: odds for the Titans, by the way, Mike McDonald, who you mentioned, the Ravens okay. defensive coordinator.
3: Yeah, I hope they do that. Yeah. yeah that I would th- be great. I think he winds up with the Panthers. That's. I don't see them taking another – Never been a head coach before, defensive guy. I think they go a different direction. I've got most of these teams going. Well, a different and how way. do you not go get the guy that cre- that helped CJ Stroud? I mean, right, how that's do you right. not? Go that, get yeah, that. that's what made him so hot, and, and and should have.
4: The odds for the Panthers are Kellen Moore, the yeah. best odds.
3: Really, what a yep. terrible job that is. Yeah. And then Ben
4: Johnson. And then,
3: yeah, I think Ben Johnson winds up in Washington.
0: Yeah. Ben Johnson, I mean, you'd have to be out of your mind to go work for Tupper. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with the talent there yeah. and right. how short his patience is. Yeah, and just I mean, the way he is in general. You've got no chance. I mean, yeah. I know that, you know, these guys are – a lot of these guys, man, they just can't wait to be one of the 32, and I understand that. But, boy, I, I just – to me, that is such a low probability of success taking that job. Does
3: enemy get a job this year? I don't think so.
4: It could be that he ends up as the commanders coach because of what you just said. Nobody else wants the job, and he's not sure if he'll ever get yeah. a head coaching
3: job. But the I think the commanders is now viewed yeah, the as Panthers is the job nobody wants. I, yeah, it's
0: the it's commanders cool. I think is viewed favorably because of their yeah. o- new ownership. Seems like
3: and they've got some. They ha- and they have some talent. They have they they, they have a motor. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and you know, and it's a uh, historically it's a fantastic right. franchise. So. I, I think Washington's going to get a little bit of a pass, but Carolina, I mean, that, that, is, that is, boy, that is a tough job to walk into with that owner.
3: It'll be interesting to see the way all these play out. Um, of these, if it's not Antonio Pierce and if the Patriots don't come open and if Vrabel does wind up in the Raiders, he'll do well there. He will fit that. Um, Harbaugh will do well uh, with the Chargers. I think most people think that. Slowick will do well with the Titans. Dan Quinn will fit the Seahawks. Those, all, if all four of those happen, they would make sense, I think. And Dallas is interesting because if they get upset this weekend, McCarthy's out. Wouldn't that be something? And then – Wouldn't does, that be something?
0: Yeah, does Jerry just give it to Quinn? Yeah. I mean, yeah. let him yeah. basically know I have to go through the process here, yeah. but
3: you're going to be our guy. Interesting stuff. I'll
4: be shocked if the Cowboys lose to the Packers at home.
3: I wouldn't be shocked. Shocked. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. We'll see. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to get to the Jaguars. What are the Jaguars and where are they headed? I'll discuss it after this.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. It is an AC
4: Designs Wednesday here on The Frangie Show. We are still recovering and getting through the fact that the Jaguars' season is over, so that begs the question, where do the Jaguars go from here, Right.
3: Well, what I want to ask is, who are they? Because here's what I'm going to say. When things go badly, you forget the good. When things go well, you forget the bad, right? When a team wins seven out of eight games, you forget they're flawed in a lot of areas. I know I did. When a team win- loses five out of six, you forget there's some good. Don't don't you, we all do that? I, that's it's human nature. I, it is my belief that what went and listen, Trevor led the league in turnovers in these last three years. I I get that, but in my mind, the biggest flaws they have were the trenches. I've said that from weeks, and I said it the other day. What I've not lost sight of is. They have a supremely talented quarterback. Whether he's reached his potential or not is is, is a second part of the conversation. He's 24 years old. They have a supremely talented quarterback and a Super Bowl-winning coach who, had they not blown that game Sunday, would have made the playoffs in five. would be the first coach in history to be in the playoffs five of his first seven years as a head coach. You know that? If If they'd have beaten the Titans, and they didn't. And by the way, I'm aware they didn't but if they'd beaten the titans he'd be the first coach in history that if his first 7 years as a head coach went to the playoffs 5 times i think with two different teams yeah well, oh, maybe that yeah. is that st- okay so someone's done it with the same team correct okay. but but the point is a great it's stat. a great achievement it, yeah. so so they have a super bowl winning coach and a mega talented quarterback that doesn't change now if you don't agree that he's talented or if you don't agree that ducks as good as we've all thought he wasn't that then that's fair, but I think that tells me they're closer than they are not close. Meaning, if they're a if they're if they're team fifteen, they're closer to ten than twenty. That's my point, and I and I do believe that. Now they messed it up this year. If they mess it up, I mean again, again they've had two winning seasons in the guys two years here. They've had winning seasons in two of two of Trevor's three years here, and the other one, he was a rookie under Urban Meyer. I don't know if it counts. So if you've had two winning seasons, and I'll say this too, it wasn't the easiest schedule this year that had the Browns when they were hot and the Bucks when they were hot and the 49ers and the Ravens. And so, so twice against the Texans who were pretty good. So I, I in my mind – by the way, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. They blew it this year. They, 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 there's, there's no way of getting around the fact that when you're 8-3 and – And you look up and you miss the playoffs. You blew it. Five out of six at the end of the year, you blew it. No matter how, there's no way to sugarcoat that. There's no other way to say that. And I'm not saying anything but that. They they had it. They had it in front of them, and they blew it. And frankly, they blew it at the end of the year with a pretty healthy team in the last game. That that's probably the part that bothers you the most. Uh, Other than Christian Kirk, there weren't many guys of significance that didn't play in that game, and they still lost the game. So, but that year's that year's gone. Last year's this year's gone. In my mind, they are close to being pretty damn good, which is why I think he blew up half the staff, is because I think next year they, they plan, hope, and expect to get the double-digit wins. We're, we are all prisoner of the moment. Last year ended, and everybody was convinced they were going to win the division, B-E, win easy, because that's where we were in the moment. When they started out 8-3, and three, I think we said that we almost made it sound like the Texans and the Colts were eliminated. I mean, we they were close. It, 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 it almost felt like it's already over. So, the prisoner of the moment was they're great. They may have first overall seed. They may win the Super Bowl. I know I said it. said it a thousand times. All of a sudden, the season ends. They have an awful loss, an inexcusable loss. They lose five out of six, and we all automatically think they're the worst team ever created. They're terrible. They're not getting back. They'll never come back. Uh, they've got problems everywhere because that's what the moment tells us, Right. And the record tells you. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The record tells you you're nine and eight, middle of the pack. That's what the record tells you. But the five out of six tells you that they're terrible, awful, will never come back. That that's that's what the the last six games record tells you. But the overall record tells you middle of the pack team. That's what nine and eight nine and eight teams are in middle of the pack teams. So for me, where which way do you go from the middle of the pack? I guess is what I'm saying. I think now I, we'll see if they get there. They've got to fix the offensive line. They've got to fix the interior of the defensive line. And we'll see if Trent Baalke is the right guy to fix that. A lot of people have opinions about that. But right now, I still think there's a lot in there. That's my opinion, and it's mainly because they've got Doug and they've got Trevor. And they've got ETN and Christian Kirk and some other good pieces and Josh Allen, I hope, and Trayvon Walker and blah, blah, blah. But I still think I find them more upwardly mobile than in trouble. I guess that's what.
0: Yeah, I I hope you're right cuz I don't see it that way. I think they're they're in trouble. I I see a a organization going backwards. I I see I uh, and again, we'll see what they do with the staff and certainly we've got free agency in the draft and you know, I reserve the right to to change my forecast as we get closer to this. But as of now, I I see a a team that doesn't have a lot of sizzle, doesn't give me a lot of belief that uh, next year is going to be light years better. Again, you know, they they had, I thought, a pretty favorable schedule this year and didn't take advantage of it. And now you're going to be dealing with a, a schedule that only seven of your games are in Jacksonville. Nine are going to be true road games, and you've got a London game. So, uh, you know, I, I think when that schedule comes out, it's going to be like, wow, they are away from here a lot of the season. And uh you know I, I just and it, it goes even beyond that i mean i it, it, it to me, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, but I don't think you're going to see him go from twenty one and fourteen to thirty eight and six uh not if press Taylor and Doug Peterson are, are going to keep doing what they've been doing, so I don't have a lot of hope that offensively they're going to be a ton better uh and defensively it's just hard to it's hard to. See, I mean, they, well, again, we don't know who's going to be the coordinator and things like that. Uh, I mean, I think they need to act boldly because I think they're now in a corner. Houston has sped past them, has tons of cap to work with. Indianapolis just won nine games with basically a backup. They're, they have tons of cap space. Uh, and Tennessee split with you. So it's hard to say you're much better than Tennessee. I mean, I think they are ahead of Tennessee. But I don't think it's light years ahead. So I mean, just start right there in the division. I mean, they could easily be three and three in the division next year. Well, if you're three and three in the division, it's going to be tough to improve on nine and eight. So uh, particularly when 10 of your games are going to be away from Jacksonville. So no, I don't at this point, I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm worried about uh, the power structure between Balky and Peterson. I'm worried about the offensive scheme and play calling. I'm worried about the offensive line in terms of personnel. I'm worried about, are they gonna is Doug going to hire the right defensive coordinator? Uh, and I'm worried about some personnel issues on the defensive side of the ball. So for me, yes, there is uh, a nucleus there to, to be a middle-of-the-pack team. I don't see a team that, as of now, is going to be a top quadrant team in the NFL next year.
4: Yeah, I think all that's fair. And some franchises have winning DNA. This franchise over the last 20 years doesn't. And that's why fans go into a tailspin and a panic when things like this happen, the collapse, because they don't believe that the organization is going to be a double-digit win team next year and they're going to fix all those different things that you just addressed. That's the biggest concern. Is there a power struggle at the top between Trent Balky and Doug Peterson? We have no idea, or at least I have no idea. But if that's the case, then that means the franchise is going to regress and not get better because they're not on the same page.
3: But think about this. In December, the first day of December, mm-hmm. we all had them in the Super Bowl. Or maybe not the Super Bowl. We, uh, we, the first day of December, we, we're not, I'm not talking about two years ago, or I'm not talking about July, they, they were eight and three is we went to a a December 4th game against Cincinnati, lost in overtime. The next week at Cleveland, lost late in the game. And then now, literally, that was one month later. Literally in one month, we have gone from, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying the mood around, I just want to talk about being a prisoner of the moment. We have gone from Incredibly high hopes for this team. To thinking, oh my God, they're terrible, and they're they they're not even going to be middle of the pack. You see my see my point? I, I mean, do. It's been. I mean, it's but in, in and on on Sunday, December third, most people, not just local people, I mean nationally, most people thought the Jaguars are one of the teams to beat in the National Football League this year and going forward. This year and going forward, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team to beat. And now a month later, one month yeah,
4: I think after the 49ers game, people came back to reality
3: I don't know I Fans don't know and
4: national media I think realized that the Jaguars, yes, they beat the bills, but they weren't nearly as good as a team that looks like they really are headed to the well
3: Super Bowl. The, the 49ers reminded us they're not one of the best two or three teams in the league maybe but I, but but as far as one of the best seven or eight, no, I disagree with you. I think had uh, they won they won by 20 the next week. They they went to Houston and won the week after that. I think people had, had reminded themselves this is a pretty damn good team that had one really bad game. They had won seven out of eight games at that point. I think the general perception was maybe not as good as San Francisco, but pretty maybe I think then we thought maybe they're not quite the the 49ers of the Chiefs at the time. We weren't even talking Ravens. They weren't the 49ers of the Chiefs, but they are as good as anybody else. But in one month, I, I think I think the better question, and I saw this on one of the national shows, was okay. The Jags had an epic collapse. What caused the collapse, and who really are they? The team that looked really good early on or the team that couldn't get out of their own way at the end? And I think that's, why, that's the whole point of this topic, is, is which, team, which team are they right now? I think they're the thoroughbred in the Kentucky Derby that
0: was in third place going to the final turn and then wilted, and you're not excited about that horse in the Preakness. Uh, that's what I think they are. Uh, it, pro- feel free to prove me wrong, right. but uh, and and again, feel free to have a dazzling off season where I'm wowed by the defensive coordinator hire and I love what they did in the draft and free agency and you know I'm excited and you know it seems like they're a, a well oiled group in terms of how uh you know what kind of harmony they have that they're working with. I just the the NFL is usually. Things are not going to go your way uh, in terms of across the board. The things you need to get right, you're not going to get them all right. And they have so many things that they need to get right that it's hard for me to be overly optimistic. I mean, I if I had to pick it right now, I think they're going to finish third in the AFC South next year.
4: That's bold. I would say the one thing that does make me feel a lot better yesterday, I forget who tweeted out, but the near touchdowns that Trevor Lawrence had throughout the season, about a two-minute long video of all the drops, all the different yeah. things that went wrong – if one third of those are touchdowns, th- this team is in the playoffs. We're not talking about firing Press Taylor or why didn't he fire Press Taylor and what has gone wrong and Mike Caldwell still has his job and all that stuff. It came. It, it's yeah. that. It's that close to your point.
3: Yeah, they're they're two plays from eleven and six. You know now. Now every team can say that the sure. NFL is built that way, and you're. The winning teams are an eyelash from losing, and losing teams are an eyelash from winning. No, and I, I know that. But I mean, the trip, Traver- wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. He just two, didn't get a lot of help either. Yeah, they're they're two they're two plays. Now again, there's work to be done, and you can't play with this offensive line next year. You can't. I mean, that's I, they, they made some the errors. I don't know what they could have done to fix it, but they couldn't go forward. They they it's somewhere along the line they had to figure out they can't block anybody. They, their short yardage offense they had no chance. If you have no chance. On third and one, and we figured that out four games in, even when they were winning, that third and one they had no chance, you know. And so, so they
4: traded for Ezra Cleveland. I feel like they should have done more as far as the offensive yeah, line is concerned at that point in time. And and
3: if there was more to do, I mean, really, look, they made some errors. I mean, I mean, in building the team, Hayes made some great points in your end of the year column, or at least your last game column. The, uh, the they had a chance to sign Clowney and Van Noy and Ingram and Floyd and and passed on everybody. Now I say Pat, maybe the offer didn't get him, but I mean, no, I, I don't yeah. think they had any interest. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they had they had a chance to get an exterior an additional pass rusher and never did it. Well, again, we they, come back to
0: Allen and and Walker were great, twenty seven and a half sacks. Who was your third option? Yeah, I and, mean, this is a group that remained for some inexplicable reason, yeah. remained optimistic about Kayla Von Chason. Yeah. It gives you two sacks.
3: Right. And so I mean,
0: look, I'll be honest. Art and Key would have given you six and a half. Well, if that's four and a half more sacks than Chaseon gave you, who knows where those four and a half sacks come from? Could that have been a sack on Browning sure. in the Monday night game? Could that have been a sack on Flacco sure. in a key moment in the Cleveland game? I mean, that is just an absolute swing and a miss, and it's self-inflicted because how could you not know that you had a zero in Chase on? Why would you double down and triple down on Chase on is the guy? And then he gives you two sacks. Meanwhile, Clowney and Van Noy give Baltimore 18-and-a-half combined sacks. Arden Key gets Tennessee, what, six, six six-and-a-half, somewhere in there. I mean, it is – it is just such a
3: gross mismanagement, and that's who's running your club. The uh, the so there's other, the things that, and they didn't go get and they probably should have built the offensive line too. The uh, they 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 guessed on Barch and guessed wrong. Fortner I'll be interested in the Fortner thing because they're certainly committed to Fortner, yet it certainly didn't look like he played well at all. So they're comm- so they have to figure they have to figure the. If it's he's true. the week one center, I'm gonna predict him to finish last in the NFC <laughs> South. The, so so the two areas in my mind, I've said from day one, they've got to change, is the interior, the the interior of the offensive line, and the interior of the defensive line. I'll close with saying this. I still think if you have quarterback and coach figured out, you have a chance. Now you got we we learned you gotta do some other stuff too. But if you got coach and quarter, if you're good if you're in good shape on it coach and quarterback, that's a pairing. Right. Okay. If you're pairing of coach and quarterback, as we move forward, there's not a whole lot of coach-quarterback pairings, not a whole lot that I would trade them for. Harbaugh and Lamar are pretty good. Reed and Mahomes are pretty good. But I don't know that I would come up with 10 that I would pick ahead of them. I mean, I haven't thought through that. You know, I'd have to think through it. Well, I mean, you'd
0: have to take Ryans and Stroud over them right you
3: know, now. Yeah. Uh, Ryans and Stroud, pretty good. Ryans and Stroud, pretty good. But I'm saying I don't know that I, I mean, I might pick two or three others, but I don't know that I'd get to 10 is my point. It, I'd have to think through it before I'd get to 10. And, and by the way, Ryans and Stroud finished one game ahead of them. You know, I mean, they finished 10 and seven. They, 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 they swept them. Didn't they sweep them? They no. swept them. One and one. They won, definitely. Yeah. Duh. They split with them. So, um, so, so yeah, we'll see. Go ahead.
4: Do you feel the same way as optimistic, I should say uh-huh. about Doug and Trevor now that you did, a year ago,
3: I don't feel as optimistic about Trevor. because okay. I want to see more. I still think Trevor's going to be a good player. I, I that hasn't changed, and I and I'm totally convinced Doug Peterson's a really good coach. The so that hasn't. But yeah, I want to see more. I mean, listen, when I say optimistic, I'm I don't have him at. I had him at 11 and 6 this year. Okay, I missed my two games. I, I said 11 and 6 before. And I and I'm surprised it didn't get to 11 and 6. I, I had him at 11 and 6 in June, July, August. That's where I thought they would get to, and at 8 and 3, I thought I was pretty safe. You know, I, th- I thought I was pretty safe with that eleven and six at eight and three. It t- t- didn't turn out that it was. I'm not saying, hey, man, they're great. There's no problems. They're going fifteen and two and winning the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is, I think we're so caught up in all that's wrong, and I think that's because of how badly it just went. That that's my point is. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, and we are one month we are one month removed from thinking it may be the best team in franchise history. It may be the bit- one of the best teams in the league.
4: And that's why the collapse hurts so much. Correct. Is because you thought you were one thing, and it turns out you were something completely different.
3: Correct. And this isn't a
0: brief moment in time. This is 360 game minutes of football. That's what six games is. I mean, that is a lot of football to be dreadful for. So we're not talking about, like, a moment in time. They were atrocious right. for 360 minutes of football.
3: Yeah, that, it, no. No question. And they were really good for – Whatever, uh, eight times, four hundred eighty yeah. minutes of football. See there? Did that matter? Well P- Public school math. What that was. The uh, so so. You
4: were who, looking at me. I was going to be no help. Who
3: are they as they move forward? And and that's the question. Well, I can tell you this: they finished a lot of seasons when I had no idea what I thought they had going into the next year. No idea. I think they've got to fix something now. Again, if they don't fix offensive line. And if they don't fix the interior of the defensive line, then I don't know. Would I overhaul the secondary? I would not. Would I overhaul the linebacking core? I would not. Would I overhaul the running back's room? I would not. Would I overhaul the wide receiver room? I would not. Would I add one more tight end? Probably. Uh, would, I overhaul, would I change out the quarterbacks? No. So if it's for me, for me, I wouldn't change quarterback. I wouldn't change the running back room. I say I, I would enhance it. Let me read it. But I wouldn't blow it up. I wouldn't want to blow up the wide receiver room. I wouldn't want to blow up the linebacker room. I wouldn't want to blow up the secondary. The two, the interiors of the two, in terms from a personnel standpoint, the two things that I think need overhaul, overhaul.
4: That are the most important outside of quarterback.
3: Oh, no question. No question. I mean, the the two things I need overhaul would be the interior and the interior offensive line, interior defensive line. More in a moment. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. You look like It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show, like brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Is there a connection for this
0: song that I'm missing? It just made me chuckle.
2: Oh, okay.
4: Yeah,
0: that's it. I don't. Maybe there is. RJ, is there a connection? <laughs> I mean, for me, Lilo
3: and Stitch, this was like the song in, of like, the movie.
0: Okay. You and you I didn't know, I know if there no was a, Elvis. A, a hidden fire Trent Balky <laughs> message somewhere <laughs> in this song.
4: So we were just talking about the Jaguars, and Frank is on one side saying they're close, and he's optimistic, and Hayes, yeah. you have certainly a lot yeah. more questions yeah. as to the rebuilding and, of the team. And I, and
3: I, I don't know that I said that. I said, I still believe there's something there. I don't know how close they are, but I believe – there's a chance they could be a good football team. I, I like the I like the core. I really like the coach and I really like the quarterback. I don't think all of a sudden next year they're gonna be a four or five win team. Will you
4: pick the Jaguars to win the division or will you pick the Texans to win the if division? If I had to pick year? right today, I'd pick right. the Right, yeah. I'd, with lots to the, I, still be decided.
3: The Texans. Okay. I'd, I'd, if I had to pick today, I'd pick the Texans Texas, because okay. because I think there's something special going on there. That doesn't mean it won't be here. But if I had sure. to pick today, okay. I'd probably pick the Texans. But but, but anyway, but yeah, but you, you assessed it kinda correctly. And And what could they do to make people feel different, you know?
0: Well, I mean, in terms of, like, the fan base, I mean, there's – I think there's really only one thing, and it's the the removal of Trent Baalke as general manager, which, you know, should happen. I mean, it's just the the fear that I now have is, again, the structure of the organization. And, you know, we've talked a a lot about this. We talked about it during the, you know, Urban Meyer debacle. But it it goes back. It's just – Shad Khan is a good owner in a lot of ways, and and he's a good owner overall. But his weakness is, is he's not a football guy, and he's got so many interests that it's impossible for him to really have a pulse over who is right on, on things. When they go wrong, is it a front office problem? Is it a coaching problem? Well, the front office is going to point at the coaching, and coaching is going to point at the front office. That's just basic human behavior. Absolutely. And – the problem that the jaguars run into is because you know shad decided a couple of years ago you know he 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 thought about hiring a evp of football ops to sort of oversee everything and he elected not to do it and that's a mistake because the evp is not a decision maker the evp is simply like a i'm just here to take it all in I'm here to. I'm not weighing in. I'm taking it all in. I'm in the meetings so that I can then go to ownership when times get tough and say, "This is your problem. It's a general manager problem or it's a coaching problem." And I think the. I again, I think where it's going to head is my guess is it's going to be difficult for Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson to work together. And I I think they've. I think they've got. Frankly, I think Press Taylor is the play calling is a problem. But it's not as big a problem as the roster build, and I think at this point, I think Shad Khan needs to decide: Who am I with? Am I with Trent Balky or am I with Doug Peterson? And my advice to him would be to fire Trent Balky and hire a general manager that Doug Peterson signs off on and turn it over to Doug. Let I mean, Doug will probably not want to make all the decisions, but have somebody in place. That is a Doug Peterson guy. And, and that's what I think would bring the organization together. But I don't think it's gonna happen. I wrote this on site, so I still feel this way. I mean, I, I don't think Shad Khan's gonna make any drastic changes because my fear is he looks at it and says, Look, we had a winning season. Yeah, it was disappointing how it ended, but I've been owner here 12 years and this is the third most wins we've ever had in a season. I'm not changing anything, which I get that from a, a business practice. But from a football, NFL, how the league works practice, they are going in reverse. He may not see that, but stagnation is going in reverse because other teams are going to pass you. And the teams that have passed you this season are going to potentially move light years ahead of you. So he's got to act. And, yeah, I mean, I think if, if Trent Baalke was fired, I think the Jaguar fan base would be electrified by it.
4: Yeah, I think based off of the social media interactions that we get, that's not every Jags fan, but they have reached their boiling point because they've already been down the road of please fire him. That didn't happen. The team had one successful year, and now they have evaluated the last last two drafts and realized that some fans pick better mock drafts and better players than Trenbolki does. So you
3: think that would kind of like change the mood? I don't think there's any doubt
0: about it. I mean, I think at that point it would – it would be viewed as, okay, now you're moving forward with everybody rowing in the same direction. The last thing this organization needs is for there to be two camps in the organization, the Balky camp and the Peterson camp. And you can spare me the we're working together and it's a collaboration. It's not going to be because coaching is going to look at it and say, you gave us Luke Fortner and Brandon Sheriff, who can't block anybody, uh, and you elected not to go get us a supplemental pass rusher, and you stuck us with Chason, who was terrible again, or that's I mean he's just not a, he's not very he's not good. A factor yeah he yeah. tries hard he's you know sure. but but he's just not an effective player uh, and you passed on a litany of guys i mean we're not talking one or two guys available, a litany of guys that Trent balky was like, nope, we're good, we don't need to address that, and if you're bulky, you're going to look at it and say <laughs> I don't know what else I could give them. I mean, I, I have I have provided them a roster. I gave them Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and I brought in Calvin Ridley. And it's it's my fault that they can't design plays that are effective in this league. I, they have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback who somehow regresses. We've invested a bunch on the defensive side of the ball, and, and this is what we get. He goes and hires Mike Caldwell, who's never done this. Uh, I mean, so – The problem is they both have compelling arguments, but the last thing you can do as an owner is say, you know what, you're both right, so figure it out. And he's done that before, and it hasn't worked, and it's not going to work this time. You're going to end up with a draft process that's going to be a fiasco and a free agency process that's going to be a fiasco because they're not going to be able to be in sync. And feel free to prove me wrong, but I'm telling you, from all the experience that we've seen in the NFL, once you get two different camps, it almost never works. And so I'm not saying Trent Baalke is terrible and, and I mean, just, oh, what a bad – I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for the betterment or the, of the organization, Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, I think, connects with his players. Uh, Doug Peterson might put a little too much faith in Press Taylor, but I, I think there's more there with Doug who directly deals with the players – than there is with Trent who does not well, so the best way to move forward would be to remove bulky and give Doug Peterson more of the decision making power
3: i don't know enough to know if there's a disconnect um, i do think two things you said i do i am a big doug peterson guy i i i really think he's really good and you say well they he they, they blew it at the end they did but i i am a big me pers- just me personally i'm a big 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 Doug Peterson guy. I really think he's a good football coach. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a good play caller. I think I think he's a really good football coach. Um, regardless of the I will say this, I'm not gonna I've said this two years ago. I do wish I held a, and I and, and held out hope and I still wish the executive vice president thing, and I wish my friend Tony Baselli had been it. I think he would be great at it. If that ever is on the table again. I hope Tony Baselli becomes the executive vice president. Who knows if it ever was really on the table, or if it happened, or didn't happen? We know it didn't happen. But, but I'll say again, I think it's my, and I'm biased because he's my friend. I I mean, we're all biased in some ways, but I think Tony Baselli over football operations. um, You can't imagine. I I can't imagine how smart the guy is. By the way, can we can't imagine how football smart he is, how business smart he is, and I'd like to see Tony. I would. I would. I would like to see Tony Baselli over all of it. I, I would like to see. I, I would like to see Tony Baselli over all of it. We'll take a break. More in a moment. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm studios on Ten Ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's the AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show. Brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Frank
3: Franzi, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you.
4: Have you gotten used to the Chris Stapleton version of this?
3: You know, well, first I of, of all, yeah, I love it. I love it, too. It, it's very good. It's very. But
5: good.
3: you don't love it. I'm not. Well, but I really like the original. Yeah. But 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 there's no denying it's very good. Oh, they're both outstanding. Yeah. It's very good. I mean, I, there's not much Stapleton does that isn't very good. Mm-hmm. I'm Like with almost. I mean, I'm. So I'm. I'm not. You know I me. Mean, I'm not a cover guy. Yeah. It's, it's just who I am. But I. am. Uh, but it's hard to deny. I mean, I, I mean, every time you hear it, I want to say, no, I don't want that. I want. I want. I don't want that. I want Phil Collins. But pretty good. Pretty good. Well, and so. The- I gave you a long answer to a short question. It's grown on me.
4: The good part for Phil Collins is when someone like Stapleton does it, for people who were born 20 years ago, this may be the first time they've ever even heard that yeah. song, and then they're like, wait, that's not the original? Let me go back and listen.
3: Well, well, the the beauty, I read this story that that I just, and again, I know Luke Combs all the country people love him, and he's great and wonderful. I'm not a country guy, so it's not my thing, but I respect how much people really like him. I, I always respect someone that's that revered in, sure. the, in their in their genre. Um, I can't stand that he did Fast Car. Mm-hmm. I just can't stand it because I think that's such an epic, classic, heartfelt, soulful, real life, true song by Tracy Chapman that just grips you and and grips the life uh, uh, of what the person telling that story lived. You know, and I just hate that Luke Combs did it. Um, but I read a story the other day that Tracy Chapman's getting rich from it which makes me happy. Yeah. You, you know is that make sense? I uh, I think yeah. I yeah. mean
0: That's it's interesting that you view it that way. I I I view it the other way. I think covers are paying homage to the artist they, that's and right. financially it always Benefits, is yeah. really yeah. beneficial to the original right, right. writer. Right. So yeah. and, and I think he's I been good. You're, you're I'm right. not like a big Luke Combs. F- I mean I I mean he's fine. I just it's just not my genre of music. Um, and, but I, but even I know like he's been very open about making sure people know, no, this is not my song. It's Tracy Chapman's song and it's a beautiful song. And I've always, so I, I also like the fact that like Vanilla Ice was uh, like a complete scumbag because he basically said, no, this ice ice baby has nothing to do with under pressure. Right. Right. What are you kidding me? It's the exact same song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, musically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's like, don't, don't be like that. Like, You know, just own that you appreciated the original and, you know, you wanted to either put your spin on it, because sometimes covers are fun if they're a little different. Yeah. Um, but it, obviously Stapleton remains faithful to the Phil Collins yeah. arrangement in yeah. this. Um, and, and Luke Combs, I would say, does to the he Tracy does. Chapman Absolutely. song.
3: Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I, don't, I, I hear you. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And Luke Combs, by all accounts you read about him, he's probably a pretty good guy. By all, by all accounts you read about him, he, I'm I'm not mad at him for doing it. I just didn't like it. I, I mean, I just didn't didn't like it. I,
4: for me, because when I first heard Tracy Chapman, I was a little girl, and so to your point, Frank, I'm connecting as if she's living this song out, is in her life, like right. all the hardship she's going right. through. That's that's what I, I mean, that is a it with.
3: soulful grab your grab your and heart then song, when Luke Combs
4: does it, I know he is this multi 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 yeah. million dollar country yeah. singer. Who wants for I guess nothing? That's that, it. There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't, he wants for nothing. And now he's singing yeah. a song that is completely different. Than and I, that. and, and, I, guess, and thing. I guess
3: that's it. And I just, and I, and listen, the Dixie Chicks, I guess they're now the Chicks,
4: yeah.
3: made a gigantic hit out of Landslide with an entirely different arrangement. I freaking hated it because it's my favorite all time song. And I could, I, I could I mean, so but they, you like the Smashing Pumpkins cover of Life. That's Life's <laughs> stupid. That's even stupid. That you're even stupid for saying it. So just so we're clear about that, okay? The stupid moment on the show right there. i forgot they did it. So the, 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 we'll get a the tweet in a minute from yes. that. Yes. But I mean, I just hate. I I just hated that that they did that, and and, I, and whoever the Smashing Pumpkins are, I hate that they did it too. Just just so we're clear. I it's think, think we're a beautiful like, song. I think songs
4: that you don't. You don't absolutely love being turned into covers, you're fine. That's with. probably
3: right. I that's think it's songs right.
4: that you you're have right. always loved that that's, those are the that's, ones you think of as untouchable. That's probably right. That's, that's probably my right. I, I, I,
3: by the way, I think Suzanne and I are flying to Chicago oh. in on June 21st because I think she, she looked at flights last night. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks together wow. at Soldier Field. That's awesome. I think we're flying just for the concert. I think we're going to fly yeah. to Chicago, spend a weekend, if it's even a weekend, spend two or three days, whatever. I love is. it. And just to see Billy Joel and Stevie that's Nicks, okay, fantastic. So uh, I mean, Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks playing landslide with Billy Joel on the piano—that will be. A is game. that what they do? I don't know, I, but I'm saying <laughs> that would be, be a, amazing? Wouldn't we imagine that's oh, yeah. what they do? Wouldn't you think that's it's what a Friday? Gonna? So oh, there you go. You get to spend so, the weekend. So we're—I mean, I'm telling you, we're going to go to Soldier Field. That's awesome. And see, uh, and see Billy. Joel. I want to
4: know how much you spend for these tickets.
3: Okay, I haven't even started on that yet, but I'll—we'll mm-hmm. we'll buy them. We'll buy them. So there's, so there is that. You've got some uh, friends in Chicago. I do. I think we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be able to make that work. So, um, right. hey, uh, we, I've been wanting to get this. I'm gonna stay on it next segment.
4: By the way, you can tell the Jag season is over because we've
3: talked music right, right, exactly, for about the right. so, so, segment. And, and by the way, um, the whole, the whole, both the two people we just talked about doing covers, Chris Stapleton and Luke Combs, by all accounts are just great at their stuff. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both mega, super mega stars. That everybody likes them personally and likes their music and sure. so so I just it's just my thing.
4: I can get you front row tickets for two thousand dollars a pop. That's nothing. <laughs>
3: I don't know that it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put me down for eight. <laughs> <laughs> want to wow. spread out. Is that what it costs?
4: Uh, for very front row it's it's okay. two thousand dollars a ticket. Okay. But you don't have to sit front row and then it's like a few hundred dollars we were, if you to we be were, on the front.
3: We were second row for Springsteen on Broadway. That's about the ticket,
4: price. Yeah. Uh, if close. you want to be a little bit farther back, about five hundred dollars to ticket on the floor.
3: Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll 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 figure it. Can I can I call Chad Johnson, my buddy? Chad Johnson, like the greatest music promoter of all time, the corporate uh, the COO for the Jags. Absolutely. He's got to know somebody in Chicago, though. Chad And Chad always listens. Chad, I know you're listening right now. Mm-hmm. Call your buddy in Chicago. Say our play-by-play guy needs a hookup. There you go. So that's what we need. So it's By the way,
4: they are playing at Madison Square Garden June eighth. That one is that one is sold out. But well, if you can get tickets, oh. they play Madison Square Garden June 8th. So you'd get to see Billy Joel in Madison Square Garden.
3: Well, my, my, I was going to ask, <laughs> why'd you pick time. Chicago? Just out cause, of, cause she, uh, well, she picked it. I didn't. Oh, okay. I, didn't even know there was another, I didn't know there was other locations. She loves Chicago. Okay. And we haven't been in forever. Oh, you know and what?
4: It's... That's just Billy Joel. Right. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah.
3: We've done, we've seen, we've seen, we yes. saw him at the Garden. So
4: I didn't realize that they're only doing one concert.
3: I think it's the only Oh, one wow. One. Is that it?
4: That's it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How about, so wow. There I mean, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. That's pretty awesome. There's Billy
4: Joel and Sting. September twenty seventh no, again only one night. I'm I mean,
3: good.
0: it'd be fun, but, but i I want I'm Stevie good. Nicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Bill, I mean Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I mean that that that's it. I I don't have to talk about That's Billy Joel and Stevie right. Nicks. I Is think.
0: that Sting the musician or wrestler?
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Uh, uh, we're coming. I'm up not up, sure. Uh, the because
0: um, if it's Sting the wrestler, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I got.
3: I got. I got. I got an FSU Florida thought. I'm gonna take a break before we get into it, but I'll, but I'll tee it up. I think the Knolls are killing the portal again. Oh yeah, and I think. Somehow I think Norvell will make D.J. Uyunglele better than he has been. I still think he's just okay, but I think he'll make him better again. How much? I'm going to take a break, but, but, but here's our topic when we come back. How much does one success affect the other? And I'm going to take you through some history uh, about that. Stay with us. 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville.
4: I don't know that I can prove this, but I firmly believe that listening to Fleetwood Mac will put you in a better mood.
3: Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. How do you think you can prove it? You just did. <laughs> yeah.
4: The serotonin levels yeah. just increase as you listen to Stevie Nicks. In what the a game. voice. Absolutely. And by the way, we were told by Mike that the Smashing Pumpkins will be backing yeah, up Billy yeah. Joel and Stevie Nicks, Nicks just for oh, landslide during the, the concert. And Mike, we know,
3: Mike, you know we love you. <laughs> But was there anything more predictable than the oh, Mike tweet was, so was coming? Great. I loved it. We pretty much knew the Mike tweet There's was coming. There's no love button, so I had no. to like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was the, uh, you pretty much knew the Mike tweet was coming. Mike, thank you for always checking in.
4: Absolutely. All right, let's get it to Florida and Florida State. Frank, it seems like Florida State's doing really well in the portal, and that bodes well for Mike Norvell.
3: So here's my question. We all talk about the pressure on Billy, Billy Napier, and is his the lease shortened – because of how dysfunctional they looked at times, yes. And the fact that they had another losing season, yes. Um, but when your rival seems to be killing it, and I get this impression that, I mean, I didn't know those guys that FSU signed in the portal last year. I didn't know who Keon Coleman was. Maybe I should watch more Michigan State football. But I did you know who Keon Coleman was?
0: Barely, and I
3: had no idea who Fisk was. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know. Who, I, didn't I, know mean, who I didn't know who the Western Michigan defensive tackle. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't I know who Vers was the year before. He was a great before. player, right? Yeah. 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 So, so, but I get. We it. knew Jaheim Bell. Right, yeah, but only because he cause played in South Carolina. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, but but you know what? But Johnny Wilson. But if I'm being honest, I didn't know Bell was that good. Okay. I knew. I who he was, Johnny Wilson. I know So, so the point is, when he goes and gets them, he gets a bunch of them. They're all really good. I get this feeling that's happening again. I don't pretend to know all these guys FSU's getting, but every time I look up, don't you get the gut that he's getting a bunch of good ones again?
0: I, yeah, I do, and I, I, and it makes sense because he's proven, again, if, if I am an athlete in the transfer portal uh, and I've got the elite schools that are interested okay. in me, Florida State checks every box. It's a great brand. I can play right away. I'm not joining Georgia and Alabama where I'm having to fight with a bunch of five stars that have been on campus for two years yep. and know the system. So I'm probably going to step right in. And this staff has done a magnificent job of taking players, quickly identifying what their strengths are, and employing that. And so I feel like you know it gives me the big-time college brand, the, the, the chance to win a title. It gives me I play right away, and it gives me I'm going to be used correctly. I mean, what else is there if you're in the transfer portal? I mean, I don't I don't really know what other variable that they would be missing out on.
4: Here are a list of the guys. Marvin Jones Jr. coming from Georgia, the defensive end. DJ Uyungle, everyone knows. Coming from Oregon State, the quarterback by way of Clemson. Jalen Brown, wide receiver, coming from LSU. Earl Little, defensive back, Alabama. Grady Kelly, defensive lineman, Colorado State. Devonte Brown, defensive back, Miami; Malik Benson, wide receiver, Alabama, and then a guy's name I cannot pronounce, defensive lineman, West Virginia.
3: Yeah, and those
4: are all pretty much top. Why do schools. I think they're
3: all going to start and be good? You know, I they mean, definitely I, will start. Yeah, I, I just so yeah. I get this feeling. So anyway, back to the original point of the top. I mean,
0: you know, they're probably not Manny Nunnery, right? Right. But well, and that's or <laughs> RJ Moten.
3: Well, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. So Florida gets RJ Moten from Michigan. Okay, he's made. They were excited. They almost named him a starter. The day they got him in the portal. Well, he was terrible. First yeah. play of the season, he got oh, beat right. on an 80-yard They play. started true yeah.
0: two true freshman yeah. safeties so turned out at to be the a, end of the year.
3: And, his, and, his, and I remember Ron Moton, his dad playing at Florida in those 80s defenses who was a really good player. So I just assume because I'm old enough to remember his dad play. He was a terrible player. And Manny he Manning was a terrible player. And so the, the the Ohio State guy was no good, Mitchell. Okay, right. so, so I'm wondering – is Napier does Napier have even a shorter lease, Hayes, in your mind? Because Norvell is crushing it, and they're two hours away, and is his biggest rival. I almost think that's shortening the leash for Billy Napier. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's necessarily
0: a, a, solely an F, FSU issue. I I think with with Napier, it starts with how he manages a game. It has nothing to do with Georgia could be seven and five, what and FSU could, could be seven point. and five. I agree. But the fact that he can't manage a game is his number one problem. Uh, Does it hurt that Georgia is dominating college football and Florida State seems to have found its legs? It's not helpful, but I don't think Florida is going to make the decision based on what Georgia and Florida State are doing. Uh, So I I think it's more his own ineptness that he's shown so far, more than it is what the other rivals are doing. Uh, And again, I'm... I make fun of Billy Napier for the the transfer portal guys but I I do have to throw in this caveat it's only fair his NIL disintegrated in December of last year uh you know 13 months ago so it would have been hard you know he did get Graham Mertz who ended up being an effective player uh but he wasn't in a position to probably do much with NIL because the Gator Collective fell apart after the Rashada nightmare so you know, I, I, I can kind of give him a little bit of a pass on that. Now, we'll have to see this year with what his portal additions do. And, and hopefully, the guys that he's brought in, I do think it's, it's probably not to FSU's level, but I do think the guys that he's brought in look like a good group. Now, can he develop them? Can he figure out what they do well? Is his evaluation right on are they going to be able to be high-level players in, in the SEC? All that's in question. But the group, in terms of the resume and what they bring, I think the group looks good. But, yeah, I mean, if, if his portal guys fail this year and Norvell's look great, well, that is another That's argument that will be made in terms of why he should no longer be the Florida coach.
3: I think, Lauren, to the last point, I think the thesis statement is the last thing you said. I think it, and if if Florida brings in these portal guys and they start – and they get to six or seven wins or seven wins this year, and Florida State hauls in another great group and wins eleven again or whatever the number is, ten or eleven, whatever they get to, um, then I think Napier is in more trouble than if Florida State lays an egg, goes five and seven, and last year looks or the last two years look like flukes. I think that affects Florida. I, I do think so. So and I may be wrong, but I think um you're always measured. And I almost wonder, it's almost, the, the, the amazing thing of the Spurrier and Bowden run is that they were great together. It's the only time. We always talk about Florida and Georgia are never great together. Florida and FSU, other than the 90s, I can tell you a lot of people believe Florida State's rise to prominence in the late 80s and Miami's rise to prominence in the late 80s were because Florida went on that awful probation and couldn't get anybody. And Pell Pel was buying players and getting players left and right. And then when they went on probation, and maybe it's just a coincidence that when Florida went on that, that massive probation, 59 violations or whatever it was, just shy of the death penalty, no TV, no scholarships, the whole bit. When that happened in the mid-'80s, you blinked, and FSU and Miami were the two best programs in the country by the, by the late-'80s. Now, Florida people say that's not a coincidence. What'd your dad think about that? Does he say the same thing? Oh, I think. How could you not
0: say there's a direct correlation? I mean, it was, again, that was also when recruiting was incredibly regional. Yeah. You know, you didn't have a phone in which you could FaceTime your mom from Columbus, Ohio to Jacksonville, Florida. So, I mean, recruiting was very, very regional. Very few players, elite players, left the state of Florida. So, if one of the big three was basically out of business Mm -hmm. for two years, stands to reason, the other two were
3: going to greatly profit, and they did. We just got a tweet. Um, according to On Three Network, I don't know if it's true or not, but we just got tweeted to us. On Three Network, FSU portal class is ranked seventh. Florida's is in the fifties. So I don't know if that's exactly right or not, but that's, that someone tweeted it to us. So, so, so we'll see. The other big part about the Florida thing—we had this conversation about the Jags a moment ago—is he going to hire an offensive of coordinator? That's Swamp Lizard thirty-four. I'm yes, sure. it is. Yes, it is. Give credit where credit is well, because of course it is. Thank you, Swamp Lizard thirty-four. Um, <laughs> <That's> is so <laughs> great. <laughs> awesome. Changed his name to Lister <laughs> Thirty-four. The uh, the other question, I mean, is he going to hire a coordinator? Because we all heard from various sources that he was and that he was vetting guys mm-hmm. and that the the whole Willie Corn from Liberty that there was really something to that and that he was waiting to do it and and I think that 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 and I just 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 read Nick DeLatorio is now writing the same thing we've all talked about is that the word is that Billy wants to bring in a play caller.
4: By the way, real quick, uh, it's worse than what. <laughs> Yeah. Swamp Blizzard thirty four said, "According to On three, Florida is sixty seventh, and they're Florida por- State is sixth so in six, the portal rankings.
3: So the portal rankings: <laughs> FSU six, Florida sixty seven. Who's one? Ole Miss. Yes. I mean,
4: or now actually Colorado.
3: But, but really, it's six versus sixty seven,
0: and Florida is. I mean, how many? Nine. What, how, what do they list? Florida is having in terms. So eight, which is a f- I would think fairly significant number, right? How many has FSU got total number of guys?
4: Florida State has nine.
3: Yeah, so Florida State's nine are the sixth best class in the portal class in America. Florida's eight, essentially the same number. Yeah. is the sixty seventh best class. But
4: like Colorado being ranked first, that shouldn't surprise anyone. Yeah.
3: Well, how many bodies he, is it?
4: Uh, they have twenty. Okay, yeah, and so then Louisville right. has twenty two. Ole Miss is third with twelve. So yeah. Ole Miss is obviously the right. better right. rated class.
3: But back to coordinator. Is he going to hire a coordinator? Is he going? Is he? Because hiring a coordinator isn't just hiring a coordinator. It's rebuilding your offense. It's rebuilding your terminology. It's, it's turning over the keys to the offense. You can hire a coordinator in name to make people feel better, and you're still running it. Where do you, Where does that? In your opinion, where's that going to land?
0: I mean, it's January 10th, right. and he hasn't done it. And I mean, you're talking now. You're seven weeks removed
3: from your last game. And and, and in terms of guys that are available, college season is over. Yeah, I mean you, the you, championship. The NFL regular season is over. The AFCA convention ends today. People, yeah. a lot of people get hired during the convention. The convention's over today.
0: I mean, is the Canadian Football League I mean, still going on? Bill I mean, is he waiting for? That he's really high on the Argonauts <laughs> guy. Right, right, I right, mean, right. what 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 are we doing here? I love the Argonauts. Yeah, audience. when they run that naked, booth, oh, forget it's about effective. it. Effective. Yeah. Uh, so I I have to think. I mean, it's January 10th,
3: and, and, and he no, hasn't
0: done it yet. And and so and
3: Nick De La Torre also wrote something. I'm going to give Nick credit because he wrote it, but I've heard the same thing that Rob Sale, one of the two offensive line coaches, because you need two to be as good as they were on the offensive line oh, last yeah. year, is, is a former Giants assistant that might go back to the NFL. And if he goes back to the NFL, the thinking is that that one spot that becomes open would then be used to hire an offensive coordinator, possibly a quarterback.
0: And see, again, that's where I question the management there of Same. Billy Napier because it's like, just fire your buddy. Just, I mean, right. why do you have to have – him have – know that he's going to have a job somewhere else before you make the move. Like, that's really nice, but this is high-stakes game here. You know, this isn't, you know, your community, you know, softball league down the street. I mean, this is (laughs) SEC football. I mean, so if you're going to do this, why do you have to wait until one of your staffers gets a job elsewhere to make the move? That's not how you conduct yourself at this level. I'm sorry. It just isn't. It's not professional. You, you got you to fire your friend and say, I hope it works out for you in the NFL, but we're letting you go because I need that spot to go get my offensive coordinator. So if that is truly what is happening, it's just another example of how this is a sunbelt thinking coach in the greatest college football league in the country. And it's not going to work. Where is the edge? Where is the sense of urgency? Where is the cutthroat nature that you've got to have to be elite in this competition? He doesn't have it.
4: I think that's obvious based off of what we've seen to this point. Now, can he develop it? That's what I don't know, and I'm sure those are the conversations that he and Scott Strickland are having. But he hasn't shown the ability to have that type of that type of not just passion but also football sense.
3: Here's the funny thing about that. Until the season went bad, I've had no problem with the way he's built stuff. I I got the feeling he was building it right. He was building the staff the right way. We he laughed
4: was, about <clears> the <throat> army of what hundred. Right, right. But but I
3: never it never bothered me. I, I I gave him credit for going and getting enough money to hire the army and Katie Turner and all these. I I my belief all along was that the building of it was correct. The problem so so the 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 addition of new people. However, he did it—the the addition of new systems and facilities and all—I think that's what sold us all, right? The problem was when fall gets here. When fall gets here, three things happen: a, some of the players aren't as good as we thought that are coming in. The, the guard from Baylor, who's now going to Nebraska, is terrible. You know, I mean, we thought so. Some of the players coming in aren't very good. Moten, some of the portal guys aren't good. A, b, they look dysfunctional and poorly coached. Causing you lose the games, and C a lot of the good players leave. So, so I mean, we didn't we didn't see the not as good lose the game poorly coached lose the games and good players leave. What we saw was bringing all the systems. And so, yeah, we sometimes you overthink it. If Billy Napier gets fired next year, then he he would was just overmatched. Uh, Then then all of it's true. Hayes, what everybody said, a guy that had everything figured out at the at Louisiana. It's a different animal now, and so so, so we'll see. Hopefully that's not the case, but we'll see. We'll take a break. Uh, one hour to go on the program. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere.
3: It's 5 o'clock somewhere.
2: Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Uh, football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show.
3: Robert Plant still play music? Yes. He, uh, I mean, not, as far as like I know. It's not like the Stones. It's not like the Stones who actually go on tour and.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Page I saw just turned 80 the other day. Did he really? Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't think he plays. Uh, and again, I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin guy, so somebody yeah. can correct us, but I, I think Robert Plant still does, still does some things here and there.
3: Yeah. Because I, because I, 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 I will say this, I'm not a big Steppelin guy, Zeppelin guy either. I'd go see it. Robert, I'd go see them. Now that's one that I feel like you gotta. If sure. you love If you love music, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I w- and I, you and I've had this talk because we were both there. I'm not as big a Stones guy as you are, and mm-hmm. and most people I know are, but I could not go. Right. You know, I mean, you, yeah, if, yeah. If you love music as much, I, I don't want to die and I didn't see the Stones. It's living history. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it if is. If you like yeah. rock and roll, and and I and I saw them at a, at a Super Bowl. Yeah, seeing four songs at halftime, which yeah. is great, but it's four songs. I
0: saw a Variety put this out an hour or so ago, and this surprised me. So I'm going to ask you: Selena Gomez is going to play Linda Ronstadt in a biopic? Is Linda Ronstadt is, is she big enough for a biopic movie that obviously has a lot of money behind it?
3: Hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, uh, because yes. I really want the Fleetwood Mac movie, yeah, well, not a Linda Ronstadt. Well, she's movie. not. Well, she's not Fleetwood Mac. She's not yeah. Stevie Nicks. But she, she in the '70s was pretty. And remember now, every the, you can't imagine how many bands started because they were Linda Ronstadt backups. The Eagles, uh, Henley and Fry met as backup musicians for Linda. Did you know that? Yeah. Henley and Fry met as backup musicians for for Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I and mean, I'd be
0: interested in that movie with yeah. her as like a side character.
3: Yeah, right. No, I hear you. I hear. You. No, I'm with you. But I, she was a pretty big deal back in the day. I was listening the other day to to the. Atlanta Rhythm Section, I just a band of, you probably guys don't know the Atlanta Rhythms, but it's my, one of my, mm-hmm. band of the 70s, the yeah. ARS. You ever heard of them? I have not. Okay, have you ever? Okay, yeah. so I'm, I, I, I really liked the Atlanta Rhythm Section in the 70s. They were a well-known band in the 70s. And me, because I read about these bands because I care about that stuff because I'm kind of a nerd, read about, I just didn't know their origin. I figured if they're the Atlanta Rhythm Section, there's some southern, bunch of southern guys. They're a, you know, you know how they started? Back up for Linda Ronstadt. Oh well, wow. they were a bunch of backup. Artists. I, I had no wow. idea. I just I so maybe
4: that's it. what the movie's more about. Yeah, maybe, Less maybe, Linda Ronstadt more the backup. But, but I wouldn't. If you, I wouldn't have guessed. To your,
3: it's a good question because I wouldn't have guessed she would be the yeah. topic. But she was a pretty big star. Linda Linda Ronstadt in the '70s was a big was a was a megastar. No question. Uh, I want to get back to Jaguars for a second. The uh, the defensive coordinator job is open, and the whole and because the whole staff's fired. Hayes, to your point, it makes you think that whoever comes in here is going to have a chance to. Um, bring their staff. I've got a list now that's got a bunch of names. This is, uh, uh, I think, Ship did this. Our friend John Shipley put together a bunch of potential names here. Ship does a great job on Jaguars Report. So, uh, Ship's uh, list: Wink Martindale, Leslie Frazier, uh, Ejiro Evero, who's uh, apparently very well respected. If yeah, the Panthers, right. I mean, the Panthers blocked the Panthers guy. Yeah, they they blocked it for now. Uh, Joe Cullen, who was here before, now the line coach at uh, Kansas City. Brandon Staley, recently fired as the head coach of the Chargers. Patrick Graham, obviously well-respected D coordinator with the Raiders under Antonio Pierce. Um, he lists Jerry Gray. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know Jerry Gray was still a hot name. Uh, again, Ship does a pretty good job with this. Markon Manuel is on this list. Jesse Minter from Michigan is on this list. Um, he's got some of Mike Pettins on it. Um, Ron Rivera is not on it. He's a guy you like. What, where do you think they're headed here? Do you think they're headed to veteran, former head coach guy like you suggest with Rivera? Do you think they're headed to do, the fact that they gutted the staff? Is that a, an indicator? Common sense would tell us that it is, that they're going to let a guy pick his four or five key chief, chief lieutenants. Where is this thing headed?
0: That's what I would imagine. I mean, again, Doug Peterson, this is your last crack at this. You know, you're know, you probably not going to be able to pick a another defensive coordinator next year. Uh, if it doesn't go well. Um, so I, I think because of that, you've got to have a veteran and, and look, the it's a pretty deep pool of candidates. So I wouldn't be interested in somebody who's never done it. Um, I would want. I also would want uh, somebody that mentor isn't the right word, but somebody that has some experience as a head coach that can be a sounding board for Doug Peterson. Uh, but the main thing is, I think Doug needs to focus more on the offense. Like, if he wants to say Press Taylor is still the play caller, okay, fine. But he really needs to hire somebody where he doesn't have to go in defensive meetings anymore, where he knows. Like, take the McVay approach with Wade Phillips when McVay first got to the Rams. McVay just was basically like, look, I'm a rookie head coach. I've never done this. I want to focus on the offense. I'm going to hire a defensive coordinator that I know is going to have everything covered and isn't going to need a lot of help from me and oversight. So if and I McVay was Doug, still
4: calls the plays because oh I don't know he's really good at it right exactly
0: <laughs> so in, uh I think in in looking at it it has to be a guy that allows Doug Peterson to focus more on fixing his uh, regressing offense so I think Ron Rivera would be a magnificent choice you know it uh, but he doesn't it, he's not like it's not Rivera or bust for me I mean Martindale would be great uh, but it needs to be somebody who has done this done it for a while, and ideally is somebody you know that's got the head coaching experience that, again, can go to Doug when he sees something and say, hey, a little bit of a concern, and this is what I learned from where I was at post-X.
4: Does the Wink-Martindale drama in New York cause you any concern? A little no? bit,
3: a little bit. That's me, that's me. Because the word is there was similar drama in Baltimore, which is why he left. And John Harbaugh, I, I can't. I've never heard an assistant coach not respect John Harbaugh. You know, Dayball I don't know, but I know that Harbaugh is, is well-liked, well-respected. I've talked to numerous coaches that coached under him and just rave about him as a boss, as a leader, as a friend, as a person. And I think Wink Martindale got upside down with him too, didn't he? When, what you told, mm-hmm. what, what you read. So, yeah, it concerns me a little bit. Again, yeah, I, I'd you? Yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice, but it would be hard to argue the resume. Yeah, and the resume is the resume's very good. But I do sense that somebody like that a guy that's been around it, a guy that's done it, a guy that uh yeah, I got I got to spin around the league a little bit. And again, that that's
0: why you clean house so that as the head coach, you know, I'm going to hire this coordinator and he's going to bring in his hand-picked guys. That way I know there's harmony on that side of the ball. You know, there's not going to be this, well, you know, I should have been the coordinator and why did they hire you and I don't like this in your scheme and you don't want that resistance. And so I think it was smart to go ahead and clean everybody out for the most part. Uh, Bill Shuey, you know, remains, and and he's a good coach. Uh, And, again, that's why I I think Rivera makes sense because they have similar backgrounds. They've worked for similar organizations around the same time. So, you know, to me that was a clue that it could be Rivera. And so, you know, we'll see. But, but again, Rivera's 62. He's obviously gone through health issues in his life. He may just want to enjoy his life in retirement. He may not be looking to coach. But if Ron Rivera is looking to coach, uh, and I think it's appealing because all he has to do is coach; he doesn't have to handle any of the uh, stuff he had to handle as head coach of of Washington. So I, I think in looking at it, it's appealing. It's in Florida. He likes Doug. Uh, he's he's made that clear on multiple occasions. So I think there would be a, a mutual respect there. And yeah, you let you let Rivera pick his you know staff and. You know, go from there, and then you, if you're Doug Peterson, you get up to your elbows, and how do I get Trevor Lawrence going? How do I figure out how we're going to block people, and how do I get Press Taylor operating at a higher level?
4: I do think, by the way, that Doug Peterson can take back the play calling at any point in time. Just because at a press conference he might say, no, that's that's the way it's going to be. He didn't say that Mike Caldwell was about to be fired, so I think things can change. By the way, what did you make of the Jeremy Fowler story about the Panthers blocked the Jaguars' request to interview their defensive coordinator, Evero? Uh, The Panthers had the fourth-ranked total defense despite Carolina's NFL worst offense.
3: He's he's very well-respected. Here's what I think. I think he's probably in play for the head job. That doesn't mean he's going to get it, but I think he's in play for it. Yeah, that's why they were able to reject it. And I think also... The, the the he also could stay there you can you don't have to let a guy do a lateral interview if he's under contract and so he's under contract and it's a lateral move so I think two things I think he could be in play for the head job I also think he definitely could be in play for the head job to keep it or the head coach to, right you go get an offensive-minded head coach I can see them keeping him so if you have a really good guy and you've got the ability to block him, that's not that didn't surprise me a bit yeah it's very commonplace around the league so yeah. Uh, that yeah that's as
0: much as we like to criticize the Panthers and Tepper, that's standard operating procedure. So yeah. it's hard to argue. They think they have a good guy. He's under contract, and they blocked yeah. it. Yeah, so, which, you're allowed, to, which yeah. you're
3: allowed to do if it's not a promotion. Right. If he was the linebacker's coach and it was a coordinator job, you couldn't block him. Right. If it was a head job, you couldn't block him But for that. And by the way, and I, will be, and I will disagree, I will be, everybody will tell me I've lost my mind. I'll say what, I, I'll say what John Ogier said the other day, too. I don't think Press Taylor's the problem. I don't. Now, did he? Should Doug take it back? Or oh, maybe if Doug wants to, um, was he a perfect play caller? No, but I don't think I don't think they lost five out of six because of play calling. I don't. I I don't. I I I'm not saying it was perfect play calling, but that's not my opinion. They lost five out of six because they weren't very physical, and the other guy was more physical, and it was hard to make plays work when you can't block anybody and when your quarterback's not protected. That, that, that's my opinion. Now, again, I'm not saying Press Taylor is, is the next Andy Reid. I'm not saying all of a sudden they're the 2001 Rams from a play-calling standpoint. But I, don't, I, I know next to Balky, Press Taylor, maybe even ahead of Balky, is the great whipping boy. And once you become a fan's whipping boy, that never changes. But I don't, I, I don't believe – and by the way, do I think Doug Peterson is probably a better play-caller than Press Taylor? Yes. Do I think Doug Peterson believes he's a better head coach when he doesn't have to call the plays too? Yes. Now, where that matrix, where that line, where that fine line goes, I don't know. But Doug Peterson didn't give Press Taylor play calling opportunities because ah, he's a nice guy and he's kind of like a son to me so I want him to have an opportunity. That's not why you do it. You do it because you believe he's good at it and it frees you up to be a better head coach. Whether that whether it played out that way or not, That's why you make the choice. I think there's this belief out there that uh, Doug's just taking care of his boy press. I think it's bigger than that. Well, he does
0: have his tight end on the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: His son. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, right. (laughs) But I mean, I don't think that's affecting them either. Yeah, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I
0: mean, it's something that you have to point out. I mean, the guy employs his son at tight end.
3: Yeah. yeah. So,
0: I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to believe that somebody he feels personal affection for in press Taylor and looks at as his apprentice. He would go to bat for maybe then more than he should.
3: Yeah, but, but he could go to bat for him and have him on his staff. If he didn't think he was a good play caller, he wouldn't let him play the call plays. And again, the whole, remember, one of the reasons we all want Billy Napier to not call plays is to be a better head coach. I right. mean, most head coaches will tell you it is hard to do both. Now, maybe some people can do both. But I do believe there's, there's a belief that you could do both. This is I where – You believe that you could be better if you don't do both.
0: Yeah, this is where I am at it. It's such a millimeters league, and the, the, the you know, difference between winning and losing is just so, so small. To me, it's if Doug Peterson and Press Taylor are aligned on 85% of what Press Taylor would call, that's, that still leaves 15% where, is that the difference in the game? Is that the one or two plays that made a difference in a win or a loss. And I just would feel more comfortable with Press Taylor. I you can stay on staff, but I'd like Doug Peterson to take back play calling. Okay, wait a minute. We may have yeah.
3: we may have if this is let's
0: check all the blue are there blue checks anymore?
4: Uh, there's not blue there checks.
0: There are, but you can pay for them,
4: but so yeah, it's not a... There's not a... blue checks in okay. the way that they used to be, but... Is this real? Chris I, I, Lowe wow. is real.
3: I, is Chris Lowe is real, right? Yes.
4: Yep. yep, that's correct. Let me
3: make sure it's the right Chris Lowe.
4: And ESPN just reported it as well.
3: Why don't you tell us what it is?
4: Alabama's head coach Nick Saban is retiring.
3: Wow. How about that bombshell era. at 513 Eastern? We thought Carol
4: stepping down was a bombshell. Wow. How about
3: that? Nick Saban is retiring... According to Chris Lowe from ESPN, uh, Chris Lowe's a good guy, by the way. What a what a lick for him! What about that's the break of your career, by the way.
4: Both age seventy-two today.
3: Nick Saban is retiring. What did he ever do, anyway? Really?
4: <laughs> Just seven. Did he ever national accomplish anything? Titles. Hayes? I mean,
3: The guy didn't do anything. I mean, it's 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 it's
0: in, it's don't, incredible. Don't be afraid to accomplish something. It's, before it's you're the greatest birth. dynasty of my
3: lifetime. Probably the probably the greatest, probably the greatest college coach. In any sport of all time.
4: I have chill bumps do, right I
3: kind of do, too. I kind of do, too. Wow. And, boy, talk about standing shockwaves through the college football world. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh, here comes another carousel. Here comes some right. dominoes. Yeah. Oh, what man. What do you think? Well, and if you're
0: Alabama, yeah. how do you not go get Billy Napier this afternoon? Well,
3: I, well I, actually, I, I was going to say that. I think you go get Kirby and Mike Norvell as a coordinator. Don't you, <laughs> don't you have to do that? That sounds good. <laughs> I think yeah. – and – Then take Billy as the recruiting coordinator. What do you think about that?
4: Everyone just assumed it'd be Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. I don't think that's the case Wow.
3: Nick Saban retiring at 513 on a, what's that, a Wednesday. Wednesday. Shocking, shocking news. I thought he'd be winning national titles at 107. (laughs) Wow. Let's take a break, talk more about that. We have got news on the horizon. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
1: Your sixth national championship. You tied Bear Bryant for most in the pole era. Take a second and hear that. What does that
3: mean to you? You know, right now, I'm I'm just happy for all these folks here. I'm, I'm happy for all these folks. I'm happy for our players. I don't care anything about that, to be honest with you. This was a great win for our our players, and I've never been happier in my life.
2: It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted Best AC and Heating Company in Jacksonville. You just heard from Nick Saban, RJ just played it. I'm,
4: I'm not honestly that surprised because of everything Nick Saban went through this particular season. Because of the quarterback controversy, because of the fact that Alabama fans wanted him out for a brief period of time in the season, all the roller coasters, the fact that he is 72. But if you missed it, Nick Saban just announced today he is retiring. Seven national championships, six at Alabama, Frank.
3: I am shocked. But I'm not shocked. Your point is right on. He, he had to retire at some point. But I think Hayes did it best last segment. We just figured he'd do it forever. I'm just, shocked. Yeah, I, 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 so I am. So... The great Nick Saban, uh, the greatest college football coach of all time, in my opinion, one of the greatest college coaches of any sport of all time, in my opinion, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, uh, is going to retire. And good for him, by the way. Well, he he did it. You know, Nick could be ornery. We talked about that house yeah, that yeah. he was yes. building, yeah, oh, yes. yeah. He's building months it in, ago. In Jupiter, right? Miss yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so,
4: Terry finally gets to yeah. enjoy life.
3: Yeah, so uh, so congratulations on a phenomenal career. For the great, great, great Nick Saban, I kind of wish they'd won it now. You know, just oh, absolutely. But, but the uh, but he's had plenty of wins, so we'll spend uh, a lot of time probably in tomorrow's shows here on the station. Trent Baalke's like, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> talking about talking about the uh, greatness of of Nick Saban, but that's not, but that news passes quickly to the news that'll have people more intrigued, and that is who's the next guy. Yeah. And is it Dan Lanning? Is that what Brett McMurphy what, thinks?
0: Yeah, Brett McMurphy. Tweeted that he believes that's the leader in the clubhouse early on. Dan
3: Lanning, the or the very good Oregon head coach, the former assistant at Georgia. I don't know his background. I should. Can you imagine the pressure yeah. of following Nick Saban ah. at
0: Alabama, who was 206 29? two hundred and six and twenty nine? He yeah. lost twenty nine games yeah. at Alabama. Yeah.
4: That's insane. I mean,
0: isn't Billy Napier already at fourteen? Yes. I mean I
5: think so. 206 yeah, seven, two hundred yeah. and
0: six. And twenty nine.
3: Yeah. yeah. Follow, follow 20, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can tell you I can tell you the and it's not the same but I but I you want know, and I know I mentioned because he's my buddy but I watched my buddy go through having to follow Spurrier who and, and I watched it. I watched it happen and and it was the challenge in 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 here uh whoever gets this job Ray Perkins had to follow our, our friend Mike Perkins, yeah. Perk's dad, had to follow Bear Bryant. We, Ray Perkins is a damn good football coach. Absolutely. Brother.
4: But so. it's an impossible position to be it in, uh, especially at Alabama. Sabin so. really
0: let his foot off the gas, too, in recruiting. They only <laughs> finished second <laughs> yeah. uh, this right. year.
4: Lanning, Frank, he was born in Kansas City, Missouri, and he played linebacker at a school I have never heard of in Missouri called William Jewell. Yeah, and then he started out pretty much coaching in Missouri, and then uh, has bounced around a ton. He was at Alabama for one year as a grad assistant in 2015, but that's it.
3: Yeah, the uh, so Dan Lan- he's only 37 years old. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, wow. So, um, who else will be in play? Let's say it's not him. Kirby's not leaving. Kirby's I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm leaving. We'd love him too. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby's not leaving. I'm trying. I, I don't. Is it you, Lauren? You brought up Dabo. You know you're right. Before I would have thought it's Dabo. For some reason, I don't think so now. I don't think it's Dabo. It could that. be, but I don't think it is. I think
0: I get the feeling Dabo is comfortable where he is, and it probably isn't going to make the move at at this point. I I, I like I said, I don't think it's Kirby. So I mean, yeah, landing Deboer would make a lot of sense. We talked about it's not just this season. I mean, he's. Even after losing Monday night, I think his record is like 114-12 and 12 as a head coach. I mean, that's incredible. Now, a lot of that was at a, a much lower division, but still, it, it speaks to his acumen as a coach. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be on the table. I mean, Lane Kiffin is, is certainly going to be a name that is probably more of a plan B candidate, but s- certainly would make sense in terms of what he's done, the wonders he's done at Ole Miss, and he's worked at Alabama. So he might have some relationships there that help him. Uh, but I mean, what a, what, what shoes to fill. I mean, imagine if the new Alabama coach next year starts four and two. Ooh. I mean, you want to talk about a buzzsaw that you're walking into? The guy never lost.
4: Yeah. That's why the, the Texas game was so insane to people that he. he Alabama actually lost to Texas, but they still ended up in the college football playoff. Yeah. Four Heisman Trophy winners winners under Nick Saban,
3: and they had never had one before. Right, that's correct. So had the had only
4: one. four Alabama's ever had, the, all four under Saban. Is
3: another Zook story: Zook told me one time that when it when it went bad at Florida, and someone told him, "Well, well, Ron, you'd have been better off if you'd have followed the guy who followed the guy rather than me and the guy to follow the guy." And Ron's Ron's joke was, "What was I supposed to say? <laughs> Not Jeremy. I don't want <laughs> hire me right. next time." Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you get offered the Florida job or the Alabama job, you take it. Right. You know? So, um, so Dan Lanning makes a lot. I, I was trying to come up with names, and Brett McMurphy beat us all to it. Because Dan Lanning is 37 years old, really well regarded, sharp guy, very good football coach. Comes from the defensive side of the ball, but I, I certainly understands the offensive side. And at 37, if he's the right guy, can do it forever. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so, but a very interesting. So, so let's go through, Let's go through candidates. He's one. Dabo's probably on the list. You said Kalen DeBoer. I guess he's he's he, he just he just came into the, you know, just came into the forefront. Really. Who else? Who who else? Is, I mean, it is a big ass job now. I mean, it's, it's the I mean, biggest this is, tire is that we'll have is, seen in 25 years in college football.
0: Kiffin? I mean, it, it will, I mean, Kiffin? in terms of the pressure on getting K- it right. Kiffin. Yeah. Kiffin.
3: He's got to be Kiffin's got to be in play. Right. Mm-hmm. We, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not either. I'm. I'm. I'm sure he's in play. He's a Plan B guy. But I'm not sure he fits. It's not me, the first like, call.
4: There's certain schools that Lane Kiffin doesn't fit. Yeah, Alabama and Notre Dame are two yeah. that come to mind yeah. that I don't see. I him agree. Fitting.
3: Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Right. It's not that he's not classy enough or buttoned no. up enough, but there's something there.
4: There's just yeah. He his way of of. Just being just right. doesn't, to me, fit their personality. Yeah. Lincoln those Riley,
3: no. Faded, no. He faded. Uh, are there NFL guys? Are there any NFL I don't, head coaches that would take that, that would, that would qualify?
0: I don't think so. It doesn't. There's nothing that springs to mind to me that
3: would that would right. be an easy uh, connection. Right. NFL More than ever, NFL guys are NFL guys. You know, you know, I mean more than more. They don't
4: want to deal and I guarantee that's part of the reason Nick Saban's stepping down. He doesn't yeah. want to deal with the state of college football yeah. as it is today. Yeah, yeah. I mean Three. he
3: complained
0: obviously yeah. about the about A&M two stuff. years ago yep. about yeah. the A&M stuff.
3: Three or four years ago, uh when things were good, Jimbo'd be in play. He's certainly not. No. He's certainly of. um what about Jed Fish. What's that? Taggart. Will Willie Taggart <laughs> could be in play here. <laughs> Jed Fish. Uh, what about Jed? Jed Fish, maybe nah. not yet. Not, not yet. enough. Yeah. But again there's a, uh, how about Sark? Sark? Yeah. What? I mean, He's I don't. He's already at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the one job that I don't know that Alabama is the one, right?
0: Yeah. He might make more I mean, Texas. the the thing, too, is it's like you've, like, at landing, it makes sense. Because he doesn't, I mean, Oregon is not, that's, a, I mean, it's a stepping stone job. Let's just be honest. I mean, it it's, no one goes to Oregon and says, this is where I'm going to be for the next 30 years as, as coach. It's, you're looking to get. To more of a, you're looking to get to the players. I mean, there's no real players in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, it's a great school and great fan base, but uh, Lanning's the one that, that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, and so, it, you know, again, and oh, Brett McMurphy isn't just going to fire that off at the hip.
3: I got one for you. That RJ just threw one out at me. Oh boy. Herbs. Herb. How about herbs? Would have been great. No chance. 15 years ago. <laughs> here, here, there's here. no chance let me, Urban
4: Meyer gets tired that. Let me tell
3: you what's funny about that. Let me tell you what's seriously, though, joking aside had he not come here had he not had the jacksonville season yes. would he be number 1 on the list probably yes. if he had not if he had never had the jacksonville season if he had never gone if he had never tried the pros and he was sitting on that set on on fox all these years would he be no, would he be the number 1 candidate probably cuz how yeah.
0: old is urban now like late mid, late, 50s? late 50s yeah <laughs> i think i i would agree that he'd probably be 59 uh 59 so yeah i mean yeah. think
3: about that think about that uh, urban played himself not not I don't know that he'd want it but he played himself out of that job
0: is there a shocker is there a ray goff like he played at alabama and there's a connection there is it is there it's somebody Derrick henry yeah it's greg <laughs> McElroy. um
3: uh, i'm trying to think I, I can't think of a guy that would that, that would be yeah. uh qualified i mean alabama's big enough that you have to start you have to think about the nfl guys yeah oh, sure. the nfl guys have to be this is alabama so the nfl guys would have to be in play maybe it's Namath. yeah <laughs> um.
0: So I mean, and going through it, I uh, is there? I, I mean, it's not going to be Pete Carroll. Mike Tomlin, I don't think leaves Pittsburgh for it.
4: Does He's, Bill O'Brien go back?
0: And then they would hire I'd I'd be don't shocked. They so. have no chance. He'd have no. Um. Chance. So and I mean, yeah. And, and in looking at it,
3: see the Mike Tomlin's in the John Harbaugh. I don't think John Harbaugh's is leaving. He's they're, got it rolling in Baltimore, and they're two NFL. They're, they're, yeah. They, they, I yeah, mean, you Kyle Shanahan, I don't to, think no. is leaving. But but that but that's the kind, that's yeah. a, if it make, was a college guy. I, mean, I don't guy, think McVay does it. But, but McVay, Shanahan would be the kind of guys. But all they are is NFL. Well, they never, never they've
0: never they never even had a cup of coffee. And in to college. Lauren's point, I mean, there's just such instability in the sport right now. Because I mean, question, the, at least in the NFL, I sign you to a contract. Right. I know I have you for four years. Because I got to tell you, you know, it's up to me to cut you. I, Whereas I, in college, it's just everything's and, a one-year contract. And
3: I, and I got to tell you, if if it's not Dan Lanning. I don't know who it is because I don't think it's Dabo. I don't think DeBoer's done it lo- enough publicly. They got to hire somebody. And oh, by the way, we're probably a blink of an eye. I mean, two of the greatest blue bloods in college football history, Alabama and Michigan, were were were, were one night's sleep away from both of them being open. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, it, I think we're pretty close to them both being open. Yeah,
0: and I think it. That's a great point. And I think it depends on what you're prioritizing if you're the Alabama president and athletic director running the search cuz if it's clock management then how do you not call Mario Cristobal?
3: <laughs> who is uh who who's in play at Michigan by the way? Is it Brian Kelly? I think Kelly? it's Brian Kelly if if Harbaugh leaves. Well, how about if that happened and then Alabama and LSU, and LSU were open.
0: are open at the same time? Lane
3: Kiffin wow. Lane by the way, Lane Kiffin yeah. if Alabama and LSU are both open at the same time, Lane Kiffin's just having a party. Yeah. Lane Kiffin's going to buy a house next but, to Saban's in Jupiter. Yes. Lane Kiffin a, making $39 million a year.
4: <laughs> I don't think this is possible, but would Brian Kelly view Alabama as better than Michigan? He, he get would. Alabama.
3: But he he would. He w- yeah, he, he's, he's from Michigan. His first job was Central Michigan. That's where he would land. Yeah. Brian I just don't Br- think
4: you can go from LSU to Alabama. Like, that to me seems wrong. That'd
3: be an odd fit. But I, uh, I don't know. Okay, let's take a break. Lauren's got news and notes to wrap it up. I'm guessing news and notes will continue, uh, continue this theme for a bit. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks.
4: I love Cindy Lauper. Yes, we're about to talk more about Nick Saban in just a second. She's
0: great. Cindy just Lauper's like amazing. Nick Saban.
4: I love the movie Goonies so much as a child. She has a feature That's song right. in there. And then, of course, this girls just want to have fun. Don't tempt me. I'll sing every word. Uh, before we get to more about Nick Saban, we've got a pair of tickets to go see the River City Rumble Part 1. UNF plays host to JU this Friday, tipping off at 7 o'clock. Be call number two at 641-1010. Call number two, 641-1010. You will go to the River City Rumble as the Ospreys take on the Dolphins. And, of course, we will be there from 3 to 6. Broadcasting ahead of the game should be a heck of a lot of fun. All right, a few notes about Nick Saban. This comes from Pete Thamel. With no likely internal replacements at Alabama, here's a quick projected target list, what we were just discussing. Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer, Dabo Sweeney, names we talked about, James Franklin of Penn State, Mike Norvell of Florida State, and Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame. Those are three names we did not necessarily mention. He said all come with complications and big buyouts, as it's difficult to move entrenched coaches.
3: Yeah, I uh, it, it, th- that list is probably pretty good. I, I think
0: the, I think the name is very high on that
3: list. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. And, and and the more and the more I think about it, and I, and I think if Lanning doesn't take it. I think it's a great, it's a, it's a great job, I mean, probably yeah. the best job in college football. And
0: money will not stop Alabama. No. no. So the buyout, forget that. Like, I wouldn't have even tweeted that because Alabama is not going to be dissuaded by a buyout.
4: Absolutely. And I'm sure they'll save money because they were paying Nick Saban $11.5 million. Right. I don't know that you're going to pay. For instance, I looked it up. Steve Sarkeesian makes $5.6 million at Texas. I'm guessing they're not going to pay the next person quite that much until they prove themselves. Brett McMurphy tweeted out this. Since Nick Saban was hired at Alabama, there have been an astounding 54 different SEC head coaches, not including interim coaches. Frank, can
0: you name them?
3: <laughs> uh, how about that? How about that? Golly, 50. Wow, how about that? Is and
4: that- Ian Rappaport weighs in. Covering Nick Saban was the most challenging thing I've ever done. We battled. He made me a better reporter. I made him mad. It ended with mutual respect and some laughs. It was three years I'll never forget. Fortunate to experience the greatest college coach ever. I will say Who was that? Who said that, that was Rappaport. Ian Rappaport. Okay. I will say, just from being around Nick Saban at SEC Media Days, and we don't get to, other than interviewing him, we don't really get to spend much time with him because he's surrounded by the army of, of police officers and all of his personnel people. But it, there is an air about Nick Saban, and it's crazy to think that at SEC Media Days in Dallas this year, Frank, Nick Saban won't be there.
3: There is I, a, a – go ahead. I can. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you Nick Saban's story in a minute.
0: Well, go ahead, because I've got something that it's well, Saban-related.
3: Well, but I, I will tell you, I've, I've interviewed Nick – I don't know, four or right. five times, yeah. probably. The one I'll always remember was then Mike Dempsey was with me because Mike and I were doing the show together. It was fall of 07, Nick's first year at Alabama, mm-hmm. and they were playing FSU here in Jacksonville. And if you remember, he had said he wasn't leaving the Dolphins. He, he was asked if he was leaving the Dolphins. Yep, I remember. And he said he wasn't leaving. And next two weeks later, he's the Alabama coach, and he got skewered, skewered by the national NFL media, skewered by the Miami media, and he came on the air. And I remember, and I know Nick a little bit. He knows my face. He doesn't know my name. But, I, but I'd been to all those SECs that he was at, LSU and whatnot. I said, Nick, I got to ask you. I said, you, were, you, you came out and said publicly you were not leaving the Dolphins. And two weeks later, you were the Alabama coach, and you got skewered for it. He said, I did. And I said, well, what happened? And he looked at me, saw my name on my tag, probably didn't really remember my name. He, he said, Frank, here's what happened. He said, I he said, I wasn't leaving. I wasn't lying. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't bargaining. I wasn't negotiating. I wasn't trying to get more money. Uh, Miss Terry and I talked, and we weren't going. and And nothing changed. The deal didn't change. Um, nobody came back with a counteroffer. Miami didn't do anything wrong. Two weeks passed, and and I we looked at each other, and we looked at each other and said, "We got this one wrong, didn't we?" And I looked at her and said that, and she said, "Probably." And do you think it's too late? And she said, probably not. Called Alabama back. Was it Hootie Ingram then maybe? Whoever, whoever it was. So. Called, called Alabama back and said, listen, if the offer's still there, I've had buyer's remorse a little bit here. If the offer's still there, we'd like to come. And I told everybody, he said, I tried to tell that story at the time. And I got cry- and I get it. And he said, I understood. We, under- we knew what was going to happen. We knew what people were going to say. But that was the truth. And as I sit here today talking to you, and I know we've got a lot of SEC fans and Alabama fans in Jacksonville, and we're looking forward to coming down there and playing the Seminoles in a few months. I feel like I I, I want your people to know this story that I changed my mind. And he said, but it it was not, nothing changed. He, I changed, it was kind of like this Billy Donovan when he went to, he was going to go to the Magic, right? He said, I changed my mind. And I I said, and I remember he was done. He said, so that's the story. I said, fair enough. But I remember that interview like it was yesterday. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's a great story. The, the, in terms of, like, spinning it forward a little bit and, yeah. and uh, not so much who will replace Saban, but how it will potentially affect Florida, Florida State, Georgia. So my understanding is now the transfer portal for Alabama is now extended 30 days because of a coaching change. So Alabama, we'll see. I mean, there's probably a lot of belief in the locker room that they'll get it right and they'll give the next coach – a chance, but it is something to monitor because now the Alabama roster is open for 30 days.
4: All right, time now for today's takeaways.
1: Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
0: My takeaway is the greatness of Nick Saban, 206 and 29 at Alabama. That is an 877 winning percentage, just the greatest dynasty ever in an era of uh, remarkable competitiveness in the Southeastern Conference with Florida and LSU and Auburn and Tennessee and Georgia with Kirby Smart. Nick Saban was able to overcome all of that. He was able to evolve in terms of producing running backs that won Heisman trophies, but then receivers that won Heisman trophies. And, And it has just been a remarkable evolution of the greatest college coach in my lifetime. And this is the greatest dynasty, uh, collegiately in my lifetime. And I never really thought it would end. I'm still kind of shocked that Nick Saban, we're never going to see him patrolling a sideline again or, or giving a halftime interview or post game, uh, presser. I mean, it's just, it's been an amazing run. Uh, congratulations to Nick Saban, wish him nothing but the best. And uh, I don't think we'll ever see anybody equal what he's accomplished.
4: Yeah, if we do, then it does kind of feel like it's going to be Kirby smart at Georgia, just the way that things have been rolling. Obviously already have two got close to a third year, but, but yes, to your point, it's a sad day. If you love college football, Nick Saban represents the best of, of what is college football. And that is, he was a guy who expected the best out of his players and he got the best out of his players. Bryce Young was a Heisman trophy winner for Nick Saban, We've watched Bryce Young this season. Obviously, the NFL is different, but I don't know that he was that great of a quarterback. And I think just the legacy that Nick Saban leaves at Alabama, the person who has to follow those shoes, it's going to be difficult. But uh, the same day, oh, by the way, that another 72-year-old has stepped down, and that is Pete Carroll. It sounds like he'll be an advisor for the Seahawks, potentially may coach again. He kind of left that uh, to be uh, desired as far as what the future holds. But just... Crazy stuff happening in in college football and in the NFL, Frank.
3: I agree with your take a minute ago. I, I it is a sad day. You wouldn't think it is because all the opponents say life got just got better, right? Because Alabama won't be as good, but it's yeah, it's a sad day. I I, I I my friend my friend Rick Blue always says how much he hates change. Well, I kind of hate the change because Nick Saban in college football not having him is a big change.
4: Yeah, it's synonymous. Synonymous. For sure. Ah,
3: all right. Speaking of my buddy, Rick Ballou, let's say hello. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. How about that? He's gone. Yeah. Feels weird. Does it feel, feel weird, though, seriously?
1: Well, it does. It felt weird to me a couple of years ago when Roy Williams announced he was out and of course, Coach K, but I, I thought that had a lot to do with the transfer portal. I, I don't think this does. I I think he's 72. He's done all he can. And, um, you know, things are changing the way that we see college football. i got to imagine the pressure on him is uh, absolutely enormous. Tim Brando told me, I think it was last year, he said, don't be surprised if Nick leaves way before his time and he ends up getting a real uh, – you know, good job as, a, as an analyst. And I, I was like, Nick Saban, an analyst? He's like, I'm telling you. You get him away from football and you talk to him. He's a very interesting guy. I think that'll be his, his next career, and, and he'll be really good at it. But, yeah, even though we had heard the rumors, I, I'm very surprised by this. today.
3: You know what I think, Rick? I think he'll be a guest analyst here or there. Mm-hmm. I don't see him going urban and being on a set every Saturday. Yeah, know, I, yeah. I may be wrong, but I, I didn't see
1: Tom Brady going that route yeah, either. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't. Know?
3: I, yeah, good point. Good point. No, guess, you're right. You're right. The
1: money's just so, yeah. so good. And I mean, this could be a year that we end up losing arguably the greatest college coach of all time, certainly in the modern era, and the greatest NFL coach
5: yeah.
1: of all time. But the yeah. game's changing, man. Those old school disciplinary, and I just don't think that that is working anymore. And I, I don't want to undercut Saban. He just got into the final four and and went into overtime to advance to the to the national championship but I I almost think I almost wonder if privately that's what he um is concerned about can, can you coach today's generational Z the way that you used to coach you, yeah. you can't be tough on them because they'll pick up their ball and they'll go to another school. I think
3: that's a big part of it I think the other part of it is he's 72 yeah yeah, why not? Go play golf in Jupiter.
1: Yeah, so. go play golf and, and enjoy the rest of your life. So, uh, you know, the big deal now is who gets that gig. That's
3: right. That's right. And We're, that
1: gig is not as, um, you know, repl- the guy who replaces the guy is really,
3: really hard. Yeah. By the way, I, I've, I've got a recommendation. I think Kirby smart, mm-hmm. and Mike Norvell is his coordinator. Can we, get, can, we get, can we get those done, Rick? Will you look into that for me? That, that's my recommendation. If yeah. we can do that, I, well, I'll, I'll mean, I You see.
1: know what? If I had any say on this, I'd make one call and one call only. I, I'd bring Lane Kiffin to Alabama. Yeah. Well, by the way, uh,
3: Lane uh, Kiffin Alabama might be in play. I mean, it,
1: it, I, I've never had a second favorite. You bring me Lane <laughs> Kiffin to, uh, to Alabama, right, right, right. and that all of a sudden, outside of Florida State, becomes my second favorite team. In college football. Who's the best ever? The man after the
3: man. Yeah. Um, besides
1: way? Miami. They all left and they all uh, won titles. They all yeah, use Miami John, John, to get there. I'll
3: give you it. John Robinson after John McKay. That's, okay. That's the bit but, but it's been it's hard. Not a bad one. The man after has been hard. I got one for you. Okay.
1: Leo Hamilton after
3: Pat Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that. Rick Paluga's right, in night. See you, buddy. That comes up right now. Big news today. Pete Carroll out at the age of 72. Mick Saban retires at the age of 72. Lots to talk about on on Rick's show, and he goes into the night right now. We're out of here. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.